everybody, and welcome to episode 479 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Chris Parker Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Uh, rotating background, Chris Antista. And Matino Sonny Allen. And special guest. Chris stole my bit. Greg Moore. Oh, no, man. Did I? Was the only, no, it was just the only thing I could think of. The squashed, <laughs> the stretched Greg Moore. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. My, Perfect. my bit was just a tribute to James Caan. Rest mm. in peace, oh. sir. Caan. 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 It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a retro show. Mm. Chris, you had this idea a little Don't while ago. Don't put this evil on me. Oh, I'm putting it entirely on you. You're like, <laughs> what if... We talk about the best Mode 7 games. And Mode 7, if those of you listening don't know, is a term that comes to us from the archaic days of the 90s when we had Super Nintendos and Sega Genesis's. And uh, Super Genocide. Nintendo had... Uh, Mode 7 was one of their secret weapons. Not so secret weapons, because they talked about it constantly. Yes. Uh, but it was a cool feature that the Super Nintendo could do where they could take one, like, a background layer... And skew and squash and stretch and zoom in and out. And, but and, 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 I didn't know it was just the background thing until I started looking into this because, mm-hmm. and I think you'll hear on our list, so many games faked it yeah. that I, I didn't know it was just the background layer because so many games made it seem like the sprite, but it couldn't yes. do that with sprites, which was very interesting. We'll, we'll tell you that. later, but some games would like lack a background, turn a moving part of the background into the boss, yeah. and basically yep. be able to squash and stretch this black panel with a boss on it yeah um and give it a, give it a hitbox it's pretty neat of uh, how they fake that it was i think it was something i was maybe discussing some old school games with my arcade friends i can't remember how i came up with it but like as much as you know i can be nostalgic for 2d gaming i think it can't be denied that game like like a bad dad my children games all wanted to be 3d even though i never wanted that for them uh, every game had strived to be 3D. And in, in Mode 7, one of its contributions are, are to a, a genre that had no choice but to approximate 3D for fucking years. And uh, I, I don't want to spoil Don't want to spoil it, but I'm talking about the racing genre. Like, just mm. the weird outrun pole position, like this layer upon layer of sprite sheets yeah. Trying to move barriers to make them look like they're scaling and moving in real time, but they sort of yeah, can't. Yeah, like parallax scrolling. And that's the yeah. thing we should say, the, re- the where the 7 comes from mm-hmm. is the SNES, it had eight graphics modes, starting with 0, 0 to 7. And so mode 7 was this one that enabled the backgrounds to do yeah. that crazy... Backgrounds, though, is a bit misleading because you could put the background in front of sprites as well and that's how people th- were able to to create these cool tricks yes. you know mm-hmm. like like people started to figure out really cool things to do with that but it's just like you know sega was crowing about blast processing which most likely doesn't really exist things were a little fast but like greg you were the genesis fan you could probably yeah it was in like there. i was gonna say kind of in the same vein as the blast processing thing. Because, yeah, I grew up with a Genesis and was very late to the Super Nintendo party. I kind of discovered that as an adult. And just in the last year in particular, I've been kind of digging into the library. And, uh, like, as like blast processing was this buzzword that, the, that Sega was trying to market. 
Apparently, it does mean something. It does. But it, it does. Like no, a, it as someone like who just that... re-listened to to Console Wars, it's a thing. It is a thing. It's tied to calculation right? rates and how it's like a, a certain clock speed of a certain yeah. processor. It's just not here, necessarily something the other consoles couldn't do. But like at the time, Super Nintendo was the only console that could do this and made yeah. the games look right. way more advanced than what than any other 16-bit platform. And uh, we should clarify the games. Games themselves could theoretically do this, but the programmers of that game would have to figure out how to yeah. put that logic in the code on the cart. What was nice about Mode 7 on SNES is, as a developer, you could just say, okay, now engage Mode 7 to do this thing. Like, you didn't have to figure out how to rotate to and scale. Yeah. yeah, like, I gradually developed this idea of things that the SNES could do. Is Am I going to get... In trouble if I say SNES. SNES. No, anybody who, anybody who bothers you that would be banned. Say the shortest <laughs> yeah. term possible yeah, that people understand. The That's the American shorthand. way and how Respect language the works. Respect listeners' time, which is something we totally do. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, like, I've gotten this idea for things the SNES did that looked different from anything the Genesis could do, and I've heard the term Mode Seven used in enough cases where I like saw something that looked very SNESy that I was like, oh, I guess this is what they mean when they're talking about Mode 7. I had this vague idea of it. Uh, and I was playing uh, Rocket Knight Adventure 2, which is, like, the SNES version is different than the Genesis version, and there's this amazing effect toward the end of the game where this there's, like, a giant rotating artillery shell. And I was like, I guess that's Mode 7, because you sure couldn't do that on the Genesis. And I tweeted something out about it. I was like, hey, look at this cool Mode 7 effect. And all these people liked and shared the thing, and then I was like... Do I actually know that that's mode seven at all? <laughs> I I, that, this is this created one of the larger tech discussions. Something I had to bring up, but like was I'm I'm the stupidest person on the program. I don't know how any of this shit works. Whenever you start talking are about we, mode are we seven, supposed start to argue reading, with him when he says no. That, I'm Michael. not expecting anybody to argue with. Him. I've made, I have made my personality very clear after 400 episodes. The audience knows I'm not fishing. I am the dumbest one here, and especially because this involves oh, Matt. No, I, no, I, no, I, no, stop, no, stop, crazy, stop, no. That's not what I'm doing. Don't that's be not what so I'm doing. hard on this, yourself. This involves a lot of math that I don't really understand, and uh, and and I don't know when. I don't know. A lot Maybe of ways we'll to be smart, it. though, Chris. Well, I mean, you know, if I sounded a bit weird when I started talking about it, it's like it's a screen that bends, and okay, so I. For, for most of my life, for 30 years, I've just thought of Mode 7 as like, yeah, it's that cool thing the Super Nintendo could do where it like would scale sprites and Bowser comes at you really fast. And then today alone, I have done like a bunch of reading and found out like, <laughs> yeah. okay, no, it refers specifically to the background layer. And when you're seeing these effects, these stretchy, skewy effects, whatever, what it's actually doing... It's like it's not changing the background layer. No. It's changing the like the view. Like it's it's saying like okay, your screen is now diamond shaped and you're mm. going to look at this as if you were looking at it through a diamond shaped screen, but then before you see it we're going to resolve it into a rectangle pattern and what you're going to see looks skewed. But you, you, it's not like actually changing the graphic layer at all. Like that's it's, it's kind of interesting and weird. It's totally interesting because it's it's what it and it also sixty frames a second wasn't a term, but it was doing that really fucking fast. And it's right. like we didn't have the option to prioritize resolution over frame over frame rate. But like it's bizarre to see how some how fast some of these mode seven games look. It looks like the Nintendo is pro the Super Nintendo is processing so much more. And some of my favorite examples of it 
Um, I'm not going to spoil the list we have coming for you. Tiny Toons Adventures, just that like mm-hmm. iris slamming into the, like flying into the screen. And uh, one of the only sports games I ever played, that first uh, first party Nintendo NCAA basketball. So if, you, if you've never played it, look it up on YouTube and remember everything else is like Sprite sat at court. This is a, the characters are sprites. The entire time that character's perspective is moving around the basket in a way that like, I didn't like basketball games. I barely like basketball. I'm like, I cannot believe what I'm looking at here in like yeah. 1994. This looks, this looks, at, no, like 92. It looks insane. It's a full kind of 3D game, constantly 3D game uh, on the Super Nintendo. And, and it's unlike any other basketball game you've ever played before it. There's something almost more impressive about this stuff than just a 3D game at this yeah. point. Maybe that's just a generational thing. No, it, it, it was. Uh, we were trying to find a word for it on the, with the 30 2010. We were talking about the Road Warrior, which is for patreoncom time. and it's like there's a lot more action in Mad Max Fury Road, but it's like you hear behind the scenes of that. Ah, everyone's well paid and no one was hurt. <laughs> Road Warrior. It's like you see what like. No one was well paid. Everybody sacrificing, and a lot of people and things went mm-hmm. wrong. It is technically Road Warrior is more impressive to look at because you know what limitations they're working with. Mm-hmm. And like some some movies oh. are like, oh, in this this scene, like you can see, like there's the cut where the stuntman is swapped in, and it looks totally seamless when you're watching it in motion. Road Warrior is like, look, when he's flying forward, you can see his body go limp because he knows he's about to break everything. Yes, this is the part where his ankle <laughs> flies out, leaving only his foot and calf. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> created an impossible injury there, yeah. but yeah, like uh, <laughs> it uh, just pops out I, like a ball from a socket. I forget why we were talking about this, but we we only have. We only had the knowledge that the video game magazine sort of told us about. The NES can do more colors than the Master System. Like, okay, I believe you. Like, I can't test that. <laughs> I can't really, like, put that to the test in my own house. But, like, Mode 7 was one of those things, like, you see it. You see the difference. Like, this was making games yeah. look different. And even ports look different than they did on other systems on the Super Nintendo because of the Mode 7 capabilities. And you never hear about... There, so, like, when I did that Rocket Knight tweet... Someone pointed me to this YouTube video. It's in the channel called Retro Game Mechanics Explained, but they go through all the different modes. I straight up thought Mode Seven was like Blink One Eighty Two, where it's just a name. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's there's one mode. It's Mode Seven, or and you turn it on or off. Yeah, I, no, I watched like, that same video earlier. Yeah, it's very infor- it's, it's pretty. It's a it deep dive, but it does it lays it all out it. there. Yeah, <laughs> so that's worth a look for anyone who's scratching their head. But, but yeah, somebody I, I read another thing that was saying like, okay, here's what Mode Seven can do, and this is from Copetti.org, C O P E T T I dot org with a page on Super Nintendo architecture. Scaling, rotation, reflection, shearing, and something called translation. I'm not really sure what that means in this case. Somebody should translate it for me. (laughs) But uh, saying, notice we don't say perspective. Perspective, it's actually a trick used by uh, combining like a couple different of these effects. And like, I I don't understand this at all. Maybe someone else will. Notice that the list of transformations doesn't mention perspective, which is what you see on the example game F-Zero. This is achieved by altering the rotation matrix at each HDMA call, creating a pseudo 3D effect in the process. I'm not sure what an HDMA call is, but uh, I'm sure that means something to somebody. I think that's what your mom does when she needs an HDMI cord from the neighbor. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when she wants to order some MDMA and forgets what it's called at the last <laughs> second. Hey, give, me, give me some of that HDMI drug. HDMA, whatever the stuff called. Madonna sang about all those years ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, sure. a, a feature worth worthy looking back on. I don't know why I brought it up. It wasn't out of nowhere. Uh, I feel really silly just because we're going to basically spend the next few minutes describing <clears throat> a visual effect. Mm-hmm. In, in audio. It's, which is it's, why it's, I don't want to be blamed for this idea. <laughs> well, too bad. Um, but yeah, we, we've got a bunch to talk about today. Uh, Skull and Bones finally saw a gameplay premiere. Uh, yes. I'm sure there's a bunch of other news to talk about. That's just kind of been my world for the past couple weeks. But anyway, let's get into it right after this. Hey everybody, it's me, the raccoon that lives under Chris's porch, here to deliver the portion that you normally fast forward through. That's right, I'm here to tell you how to support Vigigame Apocalypse, even though God knows these schmucks don't deserve it. My God, they're late with shows week after week. What kind of an excuse is a business trip? I got sick, my mother was dying, a raccoon bit my ankle off, and I'm pretty sure it was you. Boo hoo hoo. Good news, there's a bunch of ways you can do this. You can go to patreon.com slash laser time if you prefer to throw money at your problems. Or, you know what, helping these guys is free. Good news, you don't have to give them anything. You can just go up to a friend and say, hey friend, I notice you're the kind of person who likes Vigigame. Good news, there's a show where some guys talk about video games for two and a half hours every week, and they're like, two and a half hours? Don't you have anything a bit longer? And you'll say, no, that isn't possible. Then you'll go in separate directions and never speak to each other again. If that's too much human interaction for you, you can go on your podcast app of choice and leave us a rating. Five stars or better, please. Just say, this is the best show ever. A raccoon told me to say this, therefore you can trust me. Anyway, that's my time. Back to the part you actually downloaded the show for. And we're back to talk about what again, Chris? Colin Bo- oh, um, uh, <laughs> top <laughs> five mode thing. seven games. Yeah, Michael, uh, does Skull and Bones uh, incorporate mode seven? It do- I, I, I imagine it does not. I, <laughs> I imagine mode seven is completely on like mode forty forty five hundred at this yeah. point. <laughs> Just not. It's not sixty four bit. It's a thousand bit. Okay. Hey, yeah. So I know the bits thing is irrelevant, mm. but I sometimes do. Do you guys ever do that too? Where you're like, okay, if we were still on bits, what <laughs> generation would this be? Like, what? what? Oh yeah, because I lost track at the 128 of like the Dreamcast PS2 era. Did my did my Windows give up on 64-bit? Like, just didn't care after that. <laughs> I mean, that's, Again, that's really I'm the dumbest person on this show. I am not the one to be asked because I can't have a tech, technical argument with the new consoles because it's all about teraflops and partitions. I don't. Mm-hmm. I've read a thousand times what those things are. I don't get it. They're like. They're like cold and warm fronts to me. Things Ter- I have teraflops to believe what you're saying because just... I can't visualize what's happening. But isn't teraflops just like the rate it can do calculations? You are it, asking it's... the wrong person. Ask Michael. <laughs> Point at Michael when you oh ask my that God. question. I was asking Michael. <laughs> no, but but that's the thing is like in my mind, I think I'm with you, Chris. Is like I sort of stop at. Well, how many polygons can be on the screen at one yeah. time, right? Yeah. And it's like, because that's something I can easily measure, and I could imagine, well, the more the better. Those those wheels are sure going to look rounder if I have more polygons. And it was, it was, it was tough, but I, I, it was tough to distinguish what system was better. All we had were the specs we were told. They can do this many colors, this many bits, and they started extending what they could do. But I feel like I, I, there's a game in here that I saw on the fucking news on the launch of the Super Nintendo where, like, all I had to go on of what the Super Nintendo looked like was what Nintendo Power or Magazine showed me or what Paul Rudd was doing in a commercial. There was no other way to see Super Nintendo footage. And the news had this grainy-ass, you know, 100p footage of one of these games, and it's just like, that is something I've never fucking seen before. Not in an arcade, 
uh, not on the PC, not on the Genesis, not on the NES. Holy shit, that is a witnessable difference, a thing that didn't exist before this. Uh, And that's what made the Super Nintendo so exciting and one of my favorite systems. All right, well, let's just dive in with... Number five... So, top top five games to use Mode 7. And I should say, number one, this is kind of ordered haphazardly, but it's according to both, like, how much I like the game and how cool its use of Mode 7 is. Yeah. I like Finish. this game a lot, and its use of Mode 7 is very cool, but do you guys remember just from that sound what it is? Yes. It sounds like Castlevania 4? No! Close. No. Close. The oh, sounds, sounds. Yeah, yeah. They share Same a sound like a Metroid thing. Oh no, Contra. Okay, uh, yes, Contra. Contra. Ah, the you know, Alien the... Wars. Like it is, you could do gunfire. Come on. So Contra oh. Three did some cool stuff in the very first stage. Like, so you know, typical side-scrolling Contra game. Everything looks really cool, and you know things are a little bit different. When you reach this sort of broken area and this plane just fucking literally dive bombs you. So Bomber flies out of the sky directly into the camera and launches a couple missiles as it goes. The missiles light everything around you on fire and so now you get to navigate that. Thanks Mode 7 plane. Uh, dude, dude, mode seven's great and all, but that warble noise. Like we haven't yeah. had, we haven't had good warble noises since the sixteen bit generation. That was some <laughs> fucking epic. Come on, man, that was so good. It was it really was, uh, and then, like a bunch of the bosses used mode seven in some way to like you know, yeah. like I think I think that even the first real boss is like this giant horrifying turtle things with, with brains I'm pretty for sure legs. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. that was mode seven with like some it sprites. Was, it was. It's, it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. And the sprites are like there. But okay, there, so there's it's a top 2D layer game, of so nothing really that... interacts with anything. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's like the, the illusion is that the sprite layer is interacting with the background layer and, and doing damage can to it. You see your air quotes, by the way, Matt. Yeah, get, well, you guys can. Yeah, that's true. No, it's, it's, it's all these wonderful little feats that once you know this is a technique that has to be executed and everything that kind of needs to refresh and change you might start noticing it but really clever ways that uh i am gonna I'm, i just imagine nintendo was going like developer to developer like we have this cool new thing and you have we're not requiring you to use this but we're going to show you how to use this easily in every game you can get creative and people did like in in the first year of the super nintendo and contra 3 was that launchy First year, I I think it was lunch. You know, maybe maybe the first year or two. That's what I wanted to ask you guys: is did this go the way of many uh, console exclusive feature or Nintendo? We could say where it's like, I feel like I remember a lot of games within year one using Mode Seven, and then a lot of games getting away from Mode Seven after a while. Like you just didn't didn't see it as much. Is that is that just my memory? Notice it anymore? Yeah. Um, because it was just something the Super Nintendo could do. Because one of the games I suggested for this, I didn't see. Uh, maybe Gre- Demon's Crest. Like, oh yeah, it, yeah. Like completing right. the, the the. It has. It's such a fun sequence to be able to fly as the. I don't know. Red Armor is that his name, Greg? I'm not. I don't. I don't. It's Firebrand. I, Firebrand. Yeah, Firebrand is the specific Fire. one, and like we were yeah, told a long yeah. time ago that 
fire Brandon Red Armor can be different, and I just like got the explanation. It was so boring. I tuned out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I hate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but just like that's a one of the oddest trilogies ever. Uh, yes, <laughs> leading up to Demon's Crest, but like goes across different systems, yeah, right? Like yeah. Yeah. there's like GBAs in there. Yeah, I think like begins. Did it go Game Boy, NES, Super Nintendo? Begins on the Game Boy, then goes to NES, and then then the Super Nintendo one, which is one of the greatest games I never played in the Super Nintendo era. And you travel from Fantastic. you travel around by just flying as a goddamn demon, and it's it's so cool. It's so goddamn cool. I forgot why I brought it I up. mean, it's as cool as it sounds. Yeah. That sounds pretty yeah, fucking cool. You travel between <laughs> levels. and like It's, it's, it's so in cool. mode 7, and it does that cool thing where, like, oh, the, everything's spread out below me, and it's pseudo 3D below effect me. that you can, like, below dive and, and come back up. <laughs> I heard this the same is my, thing, Chris. my favorite, bringing it back to Contra. Um, oh, yes, it's it's my you. favorite uh, era for Konami because I, I feel like they yeah. really were exploring the, the, like, the strengths of the different hardware yeah. that was out and you can play contra 3 and contra hardcore the genesis game back to back and they both look very distinctly of the systems that they're yeah. on mm-hmm. and i think it's be it's because they um they had such talented programmers that really understood the hardware and you'll 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 see um they're really good with that effect yeah like you'll see effects in this that are really impressive and that look like the like this company has a high, a better command of this system than most of their rivals, and you'll see the same thing with Contra Hardcore. But no, I, I with will, I will. Like, different effects, and that's if you remember, we thought it was like companies like being generous by making separate versions of these franchises on different platforms. But Konami alone, Ninja Turtles is different. Castlevania, two different games. Tiny yep. Toons, multiple different games on both of those platforms because there's certain stuff you just couldn't do on one or the other. Like you mentioned Ninja Turtles, that also had some great Mode 7 effects with like the, th- there's there's a level where you're on hoverboards. Yeah, not in the arcade and, version. And like the, it, it twists around, the camera spins around like you're, you're from the front. And, it looks uh, so fast. It's really neat. But what Contra did that was kind of neat is is, and unique. Yeah, mode seven to create top-down levels. Did you hear the top? I trust you, Michael. It's a top-down level. That's that didn't sound like a top-down level. I'll challenge Mm -hmm. it. Uh, But but that's that's something. (laughs) It was it was the first top-down. That's something. I think the Contra games forgot about, and it's. I think that's okay. It's not super important to the Contra experience. It is primarily a side-scrolling game. That's what most people think of it. But not initially. There was a over-the-shoulder, top-down. They they went yeah. back and forth. But Contra games weird... have always had like a level right. that changes the perspective. Yeah. yeah, like this is sort of a weird series hallmark. They're they're always less fun. I feel like. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like this one you have to have a level that's a different perspective and is less. Fun. This just looks incredible <laughs> because it should just look like an image being rotated back and forth, but it doesn't. And like new parts of the image appear, and it, again, it looks so fast. Like the camera is moving faster than you remember sixteen-bit games looking. Hmm. Yeah, like you, you, you don't imagine games moving this fast, and then you look at this and like, wow, okay, 
like games of this era. But one of my favorite things to do in this was you guys remember like what would happen if you held down L and R at the same time and, and fire. You do like a spin move and shoot in every direction. Yep. Yep. So it, yeah, and if you, if you do that here, you you can just keep spinning indefinitely. It's like when you were a kid and you just like <laughs> spun around in circles to make yourself dizzy. A super responsible and, thing to do see. during war, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I'm surrounded <laughs> well, this by is alien threats. Extra smart because not only is it a it, like a mode seven flex, but it's a shoulder button flex, hey. which is another thing that the Genesis hey. didn't have. That's true. I prefer That's the true. Sega six button uh, layout. Do not, do not that wouldn't mad. come for a little while. Do not get yeah, mad. I mean, forget about Still it. Still bad with my index fingers trying to fucking play games. Yeah. Still bad. And and then they did a thing where uh, mode seven, like the the top down levels, would end. With a boss that also used Mode 7. So you, you had, like, this spinny guy here. Like, this big robot covered in spikes would just, like, start spinning really fast, zooming around the stage. He'd uh, lift up and, and crash back down. And I'm kind of impressed. It's like, yeah, it's one of those, like, with uh, Bowser in Super Mario World where, like, it zooms in and it eclipses the sprite layer. Yeah, I'm, I'm still baffled by some mm. of it. But, you know, I like... If you've ever seen some of the videos I've made, I don't know how to use After Effects. I only know how to use Photoshop. And I learned how to make what look like motion graphics through layering images via Photoshop, including mm-hmm. animating sprites. Uh, mm-hmm. I get it. And it's still, it, and Mode 7 even sort of makes it look that way by not constraining proportions very well. <laughs> Jaggy. There will be jaggies. Tons of jaggies. I mean, that, that was almost a hallmark of yeah. Mode 7 is like, yeah, as it was rotating shit, it... It looked great at the time, it, it, but in retrospect, we're like, oh, I just, I just still find it bizarre we didn't complain, like, into the PlayStation Saturn era when games were doing the same thing, but everything had to turn so much slower. So much slower when mm-hmm. polygons mm-hmm. were involved. That, oh, yeah. My generation, I don't remember us complaining, but I also don't remember there being an internet that invited us to complain about everything all the time. There's that, that too. <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely had that... It was like a precursor to the shimmer effect you would see on PlayStation with the, you know, the jaggies kind of as stuff rotated. It's like, yeah, Mode 7 had that too. Uh, but yeah, the, we didn't care because it was great for the time. It was like, yeah, nothing else can do this. So fuck it. You know, you also have to remember we were only what? 10 years 11. past the Atari 2600. Oh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, roughly that. But yeah, Contra 3, pretty fucking cool, but clearly not as cool as number four. Last unicorn. Had <laughs> <laughs> a drinking music here. Think about uh, snowfields passing slowly underneath your mechs as uh, the credits roll by, or don't in the new remake in version. The new versions, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, what yeah. what is this? It's Final Fantasy VI or yeah. three, depending on three. See, I just played through this for the first time uh, a couple months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On what I, I first played through it a few years ago, and I, I don't even think I finished it. Finished. It. I got, I got to like after the big thing that happens in the world, and played for like mm. another ten hours, and I was like, I, I think I'm done with this. No, like, you're not done. You got to finish it. Uh, yeah. I, that is one of my favorite games of all time, and I knew, I know at least one of you just. You know, through your Walkman or whatever you listen to this show on across the room when you heard that, because uh, how is this only number four? 
And uh, I don't know. I don't really. Oh, we're only on number four. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> You're already bored faster. with this conversation. I let's talk faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Final Fantasy VI, built on what Square had done with uh, some of its previous games. Final Fantasy IV was the the first uh, Final Fantasy to use Mode Seven with that cool effect where when you get in the airship, you lift off and the, the world goes from like two D to pseudo three D, where you know it's it's sort of like does that cool perspective thing. Yes. Then this one did that all the time. Yeah. Like when you're on the world map at it, even if you're just on foot, like it is slightly perspective skewed so that it looks like, you know, again, you're looking at a three dimensional map. Uh, when you get on a chocobo, it becomes even more pronounced as you're just running around this uh, flattened 3d model of the world. And getting to hear this. And then, of course, you you eventually get an airship and... Then it becomes super pronounced. Like each each layer of removal from the the world makes the world more three dimensional, and uh, you, pretty soon you get to see this. Flying in an airship, airship. Yeah. Uh, it's should like we know the first airship that actually like looks like a blimp? Where yeah. it's got like this huge air bladder that's uh, this balloon that's holding it up. So this is where I confess to something I didn't like about Mode 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the flat thing you talk about. Is like, it it wasn't the illusion of 3D. It always, to me, felt like, oh, you're just turning this flat image of mm. a map. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll have some racing games coming up on our list. But same deal with those. I'm like, man, can't you just fake a bump or something up here like there's there's literally no texture to yeah. your world and I, it kind of takes me out of the illusion i can't you know? go over this flat image of a mountain <laughs> yes Why? yeah it's yeah it almost in in many ways like takes me out of a video game and is like man i feel like i'm going back to like tabletop gaming you know where I'm, i have characters on drawings of environments like because that's that's literally when they do that with the map that's what it felt like to me at the time so i was less impressed Whenever they use Mode 7 like that, I was always more impressed when Mode 7 was kind of up on the screen in front of you, like that that perspective. I'd, I'd say, I guess, let's call it the Y-axis instead of the X-axis. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was cool for the time, but that's it did take me out of the game every time I did that. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I'm just rolling around on a flat picture again. Neat. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was kind of neat. Like, you know, just, hey, there's a flat picture being rendered in different directions at high speeds. Yes. Yeah, I think it 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 uh, it communicates the feeling of speed really well, but mm-hmm. not the feeling of like it being a yeah. A world. I'm being immersed <laughs> in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With its flat boulders that I'm just running over. <laughs> sure, why not? Well, because it would it would. I think what made it worse is there's a horizon, mm-hmm. and there's like a sky. But it, then it's just like this. Well, it's flat Earth. Jesus Christ, they're right. There the is. flat Earthers are right. All the proof I needed. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, all in time, huh, Chris? It all yeah. will be are revealed. Are there flat Earthers time. who don't even believe in like hills? It's <laughs> 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 completely flat. <laughs> just no that's pumps. just a programming trick, man. It's really just flat. <laughs> you can walk right up that. It's just you know, it, your it's a subsect of flat Earthers. It's mm-hmm. the Mode Seven flat Earthers. It's the flat Earthers who also believe we live in a simulation. 
And, and this That's came true. out uh, like three years after the Super Nintendo. And I, I don't have a ton of play experience with this game, but I was capturing video for it for a video I was making on the Failed Laser Time YouTube channel. And I'd never played it before. And I started it up, and it's just like, this is gorgeous and still highly playable after all these years in its Super Nintendo form. And you can see the difference in Mode 7 games from three years ago in this. It's still yeah. a little rudimentary by today's standards, but like I thought it was beautiful. Like The whole opening is amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I know that you know 7 is the seminal Final Fantasy, and of course that had to get the first remake, but the Final Fantasy I would really want them to remake at this point is 6. Like Give it a true 3D remake like mm-hmm. the six had a lot going for yeah. it good characters seven, seven didn't even get the first remake wasn't it three that got the first remake like I mean, the original like nes three or every Final one of them three? on the game boy that got a pseudo yeah. oh those game ga- yeah those those were more like upgraded ports though yeah, right true. like it's I, I mean the full 3d no, that the, the, yeah. the final fantasy 7 remake yeah what they did with four uh for example like uh mm-hmm. yeah three and four both got that same sort of ds 3d remake yeah so we'll never see them again Yes. Probably not, except Ugh. on PC, uh, where they are. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if, like, Nintendo Switch Online, like, all right, for an extra 20 bucks, you get DS games, and you can buy an exclusive extra television to put at the bottom of the television. <laughs> uh, you can write what? on it. It won't do anything. But do you think what was that ahead? giant Microsoft touch surface thing that they never really brought to market? It was, it was... <laughs> it was supposed to be your iPad, but do you think that would sell any less than, like, the new Nintendo 64 controller you can buy in the Nintendo store. That's always I'm sold out. Always, I would love to be able always. to play DS games properly again because it's one of my favorite systems ever. Uh, uh, yeah, uh. They, they, and they could very easily... I mean, <laughs> that was the thing about the Wii U, right? It's like, hey, you could just have people use their tablets for this. You don't need to sell them an exclusive tablet that isn't as powerful. But... I just, yeah, well, I remember playing Assassin's Creed on that and it's just like, I have a map at all times in, in my hands, and this is the most convenient thing that has ever happened. Video games. You know what I think? Have to come with from maps. buying a Wii U. The only I think the first demo I ever played of Wii U, and it was at an E3. It was of like a fighting game. It was like Dead or Alive or some shit on, on, uh, on I, Wii was U or something. <laughs> it was. It, it was. I don't. It, it might have been like a Soul Calibur. It was. It was something. I'm like. This is not the platform for fighting games. You should not. Play yeah, but fighting but games now Hayahachi's wearing a Mario hat. <laughs> this is this is what they did. Problem solved. Final Fantasy six, and and I also want to just throw a brief shout out to uh, Square's Secret of Mana, which also had some really cool Mode Seven shit. When you would summon Flammy, your dragon, to fly you into the air, and uh, you get yes. to it was sort of like Demon's Crest, where you get to like fly low, and then when you'd fly like really low, it would switch to like a top down flat view as opposed to the forced perspective well, of I when think you're that's high the, up. The coolest thing about it, the airship was always cool, but I'm not sure it's mm. ever been as cool as in Mode 7. Yeah. Like, yeah. really, really yeah. Mode 7 jazzed up the overworld in a JRPG. Mm-hmm. In a way, yeah. uh, I'm not sure any other system has been able to do until, you know, 3D. <laughs> yeah, until PlayStation and every other. I don't know, like Final <laughs> Fantasy X, you're still follow. you're still playing on matte paintings and just walking over them yeah, in the overworld. Well, that- that that's what turned me off about Final Fantasy X. It didn't have an overworld. It yeah. was just like a a point to point map. I'm like, this is boring. I yeah, don't like it's, this. It's There's much no more explosion. boring than Final Fantasy VI. So mm. there you go. Yep. Mode seven for I agree. All right, I'm an old codger. Anyway, let's ball, motherfuckers. Yeah. Sorry. Number three.
game is this? F-Zero. Yes, it's I F-Zero. I know it's not F-Zero. <laughs> Mario. Mario. Like, that, what is that wonderful approximation of brass instruments that the SNES does so well? You can hum it, and it'll sound just like it does in the game. Yeah. yeah for, for reference, Matt, uh, F-Zero sounds like this. So I can see how you you mix those up. Well, are we combining these two into the same entry? Because we should. Yeah, we're combining them in the same entry because so F Zero. Everyone likes to talk about F Zero when it comes to Mode Seven. It was one of the first really big showcases for for Mode Seven. It was part of the Super Nintendo's launch library. It's amazing. It cultivated a huge fan base and multiple sequels. But uh, you know what they say about Ginger Rogers, right? Everything uh, Fred Astaire could do, Ginger Rogers could do backwards and in heels. Uh, That's what yes, Mario yeah. Kart is. <laughs> because well, Mario Kart, uh, Super Mario Kart for Super Nintendo, the first Mario Kart uses Mode 7 to create these pseudo 3D racetracks. Yeah. And then, do you know what it does in its second? Like, it, it was the original was split screen all the mm-hmm. time. Do you remember what it did in the second screen when uh, another player wasn't there? Uh, the map, the... the the map, and you could also it would sometimes I can't remember if it was manual or just automatic, but you would sometimes get a rear view uh, mirror of of the. You could do that yeah. with an actual rear view mirror, but it's mm-hmm. just like this is so important because Mode Seven made this game. Yeah, would absolutely. they have made this game? Nintendo hadn't really made a racing game up until this point, and mm-hmm. then made two mm-hmm. because of this technology that allowed them to make a the fastest most futuristic racing game of all time and then this Mario Kart thing which uh, I think I've said it on the show I think is arguably bigger than the Mario property alone yeah probably I think yeah. Uh, I think if you look at sales Kart sold outsold Odyssey if you go into stores you have Mario shirts but you have specific Mario Kart shirts because kids mm-hmm. are hyper aware of Mario Kart in a way that I don't think they're aware of I don't think they're aware of Bowser being a guy you fight, the guy you race. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's it, true. It's it's weird seeing it and realizing, like, well, not only did Mario Kart kick off the series Super Mario Kart, I, I keep forgetting that was, you know, it's, it's always Super Mario Kart, not just Mario Kart. It, not only did it kick off the series, it kicked off a genre, like kart racing in general. Tool around in little go-karts with big heads, that's... Mario, Super Mario. There, Kart. there had been combat, like minor combat racers before, but never mm-hmm. like this, and never, f- very not family friendly. <laughs> Carmageddon yeah. fans out there, uh, Road Blasters. Carmageddon, I think, was way later than Mario I, yeah, Kart. But, yeah, but, but, but Mario Kart was like one of the first multiplayer experiences I had. Again, couch co-op that kept me awake for almost two nights yeah. at, at a big sleepover event. It was just so addictive, and it couldn't have happened without this mode it was a fantastic couch co-op game especially mm-hmm. when 64 came along but even even the original was like yeah it it again if if you had a second player you could have two mode seven maps going at the same time in split screen that's pretty fucking cool that's what i, I don't understand why couldn't they fill the screen with it but they could process two of them at the same time i don't know I've been puzzling about that. I'm sure there's an answer out there somewhere. There's probably an answer. It's probably because that's what it was prioritizing to begin with, because there mm-hmm. were a ton of racing games. Not a lot of behind-the-back 
two-player racing games. That wasn't really a thing. Right. There, there would be like a there would be single-screen racers, switch-turn racers, but not 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 where. Man, and has battle mode ever been bigger than in Mario the original Mario Kart? Mm. So much fun. So much fun. Yeah. Go pop those balloons and uh yeah, it it, it just yeah, lots of iconic sounds from this. Uh I, I just love the sound of, you know, getting an item, which I think is still not I wouldn't say unchanged, but very similar today. <laughs> That noise still occurs. The roulette noise still occurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, 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 very similar. We also should say Greg lost his internet, by the way. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, yes. Greg Greg got mode seven. He he may be gone for the rest of the the show. We apologize for technical difficulties, but the show must go on. Lacquerware on Twitch, Gregaman Mm -hmm. on some things. Lacquer Leaks on Twitter. Lacquer Leaks on Twitter. Greg Moore, friend of the show. But, um,. Mario Kart, it's pretty great. I don't really have a lot else to say about it. No, I mean, it, the it, game... It does leverage Mode 7, Mode 7 really impressively. But but it, this is that thing I was talking about earlier where, like, I... It's the least impressed I get by Mode 7 is when it is just this flat map that you yeah. are driving around on because it's like, it, it completely breaks the illusion of a video game to me. I'm like, I want to feel more immersion. I want to see yeah. more stuff on the horizon and when... You do it too much. When you make the horizon too low, it very obviously is like, oh, that's like me taking a matchbox car and rolling it around on a picture. Like, it starts to feel like that to me. Rolling it around on a mirror like it's cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, just because it is... (sighs) The original Mario Kart is one of the least playable Mario Karts to this day. But, like, it's still super important to me. Like, just because I was there at the beginning and how popular it is, I've never hated a version of Mario Kart in my life. It's such a simple premise. Mm -hmm. You wonder why it took them so long where it's like, kids love Mario characters. Mm -hmm. Kids love go-karts. I don't know if they still love go-karts, but when I was a kid, we sure as shit loved go-karts. We go to local Bullwinkles. That one's for Chris. It's a reference just for Chris. Which had the best go-kart track in town. And uh, yeah, that was like one of my favorite things. It's your birthday. You want to play some cards? Yes. Like if a friend had a birthday and we didn't go to Bullwinkles, Matty Al was disappointed. So uh, I say, Matty, you say birthday. You're talking about how much you dislike that that flat effect. But if you are a kid in September 1992, Mm. when this came out... uh, you don't have a lot of options that look better than but, but no, I would I would say even pole position, Michael. Pole position. Initially, pole position is, is hard great, driving. but it's like it's it's not <laughs> doing the same thing. And F Zero, I think, was even better because it mm. even like had the premise like you are on a hovering track above a city, so you don't hurt anyone if you fall off. You will your car will explode on the ground with all mm. the poor people. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna and, say, but how does that work if you are if you're above look, a city? I don't and you know. Fall. How, I don't know. I don't remember what the fiction was because there definitely is F Zero official canon. But like, yeah, they, that, like was, that was a launch game. Down. That was one of the three first party launch games. And yeah. F-Zero may have been the most Im- technically impressive. It was the most, the fastest, best looking futuristic uh, racer anybody had ever seen. I think the Mario Kart franchise obviously has stood out a little more over time, holds up a little better. I still love almost all F-Zeros uh, to a great degree, up to and including this first game. It's just one of those... Uh, you knew there'd be a new Mario game, but this was like showing you this is what's possible on this system, and that wasn't possible on these other systems. You didn't yeah. need to understand math or algebraic horseshit or text layers and backgrounds. Like, this F-Zero looked good. 
in like these are yeah, both genres yeah. that were forged by the Mode Seven technology. I think that's really yeah, it wouldn't be possible without Mode Seven. And, and and I guess it's a thing we we might not have said this whole time. I'm shocked we haven't. Like Mode Seven was really good at giving the illusion of 3D, and that's that's really what this was. It was about providing an illusion of 3D in a time before mm. 3D gaming. Yes. And I think one of the reason. Mario Super Mario Kart doesn't hold up as much is because it's very obviously now just the illusion of 3D and we have actual 3D yes, Mario yes, Kart yes, play. I, I, like I a, also think it was the illusion of speed. And F0 mm-hmm. as the series move forward, the illusion of speed is actually harder to pull off in an actual 3D environment. It was easier to translate Mario Kart to to be Nintendo's first party racing game, including its name recognition. Name recognition you can sort of I don't like that Nintendo's ignored F Zero, but I kind of get it because the 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 more the technology increased, the more it became a hard game. And Nintendo doesn't release hard games for hard, yeah, super hardcore gamers. They release things like Mario Kart that brings in generations and families. And F Zero is not going to move the needle on Switch units or any Nintendo unit ever. But it, I think it did I, on I, Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, I, I classify F-Zero alongside, like, Metroid. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I think they, they hold it at about... Well, I guess maybe they hold it in lower regard than Metroid at this point. But, uh, yeah. It's also bizarre to just think of a console launching with three first-party excellent games. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, Why cannibalize yourself? Stand the test of time. Yes. <laughs> anyway. All right. I was thinking. Anyway. But yeah, Super Mario Kart's great. F-Zero's great. But are they as great as... Number two. There's no way you're not guessing this. I know all my all my candelabras are broken. No. This is a vein, the Vania's castle, <laughs> and this is the game I was talking about. I I knew I wanted to get a Super Nintendo, and I was reading tons of games magazines. I knew everything about it, what was coming out, but we were living in a time where you couldn't really see footage. And on my local news, are you ready to throw out your old Nintendo? Because there's a new one headed to stores and there was like mm-hmm. footage of this game which was launchy but not la- in the immediate launch and the mode 7 stuff is like I haven't seen that in arcades I can't do that on PC that looks to me like virtual reality the things happening with Castlevania 4's super Castlevania 4's background was something I could see in, on, on a low res 13 inch television that blew my fucking mind like I need this system it's doing things I've never seen before and it was the first time I really realized that because if you see those commercials, like I don't know what Nintendo's obsession was with marketing the Super Nintendo, where the mandate seemed to be twenty-three second comedy sketch and then four seconds of footage of the mm. game. It's because they only had the four seconds of footage. Yeah, that's probably it was hard to capture stuff, so I don't know how yeah. the news even got this B-roll. Uh, but man, it was impressive. This whole game was impressive, and uh, it's one of my favorite Castlevania games. Yeah, same and. Like, I, I almost got in trouble on Twitter for saying this, and, and I, I backed off it because it's like, well, technically this is a new release, and I don't I don't want to be perceived as talking badly about, you know, current releases from other publishers. But uh, and, and it's not even bad. It's just playing, like, I played through Castlevania 1, 
And then I played through Super Castlevania 4 in that, that Castlevania collection that came out, I think the anniversary yeah. collection. And I was immediately struck, like, these games feel completely different. Yeah, yeah. Super Castlevania 4 is like this oddball entry in yeah. the Castlevania series that doesn't really fit with the gameplay of anything else in the series yeah. and was in fact made by people who would go on to found treasure mm -hmm. and when you know that everything about the game retroactively makes sense from the the gameplay to the way it looks to the constant sprite scaling like all this stuff is like treasure games hallmarks and they they work it into yeah a, a castlevania game that that just feels so weird and like the music doesn't sound like anything else in the franchise mm -hmm. But then, uh, so the, the the clip that I just played, I think the level is called like the Tower of Science or something like that. And the centerpiece is this long room that uh, it it's like a gigantic spinning barrel. With That's exactly like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, with, with like graves embedded in the walls. And as they the graves roll over you, uh, they will break open and skeletons will fall out and you have to fight them. And I remember like, Seeing it, seeing it, thinking like, even now there's nothing quite like this yeah. that looks this amazing. And then thinking about it even more, and it's like, if you took away that background layer, this is just a very basic kind of bad platform. <laughs> where you're just jumping along these platforms and whipping skeletons. But it's only and level nothing four. else really happens. Uh, it's not yeah. the whole game. It's uh, it's something you know, had to and, work and it's for. Just, it's just one segment, mm -hmm. but it's like. The, the, the background layer absolutely makes this sequence. It is worthless without it. Mm -hmm. Like, that perspective is so fucking cool. And it's just one of the ways that Super Castlevania Four leverages Mode 7 in impressive ways. Like, just the map screen. You guys remember the map screen? Yeah. This music? So it has like a picture of, you know, the, the area you're traversing, Castlevania, all this stuff. And it will zoom in on where you are, draw little dotted lines. The camera follows it as, you're, as it's drawing the dotted lines. And then it zooms out again and like, oh, man, that's that's super cool. What a, what a neat way to show me where I'm going. I love this game. Like even even though it's like this is like the odd duck of the Castlevania series, me. it is still one of my favorite games of all no, time. It just because I, I every time I play it, I'm brought back to that place. Like getting the system was so fucking mm -hmm. worth it. It's the first yeah. game I played in the Castlevania collection. And I was gonna say, through. is this in the yeah. Castlevania oh, yeah. collection? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because sure. I have that. I just haven't yeah. haven't played this. In you haven't played this? Oh in, oh, in the in the oh, collection. Okay. I couldn't. Right. I don't remember playing it in the collection. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this was one like this and Contra Three were like a couple games that I could just play over and over and over and, and keep finishing and was weirdly proud of that. And it's like every time that you would play through on the the second time through in Super Castlevania Four, the uh, Count Dracula would have a different head. He'd have like a skull face instead of his regular face. It was neat. I think what I tried in the Castlevania collection first was wasn't there one that had never been released here? I always kind of gravitate toward the ones that had never Bloodlines been released. Bloodlines had never in the been released, and there was Kid yeah. Dracula, which I think was never yeah, released. Yeah, Kid Dracula. Kid Dracula, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which has like major key versions of Castlevania themes. That's that's really cool. It, it really just shows you how much I actually play those classic collections when mm -hmm. I buy them. It's like I go, I check out a couple games yeah. and go, oh, this is neat. I mean, the, and I'm glad I have this now. And you forget about it. The Castlevania <laughs> yeah, games are yeah. very special to me. And I, but I think if you you played three last four wasn't that jarring a transition 
because they're both mm. super straightforward whereas like one and two yeah. or, just didn't feel that way at the time they, they felt both very different and I, well this is when i get us all depressed and bring up other than the collections when was the last time we had an original castlevania game well, I keep having to delete Bloodstained content from my Xbox, so, but I guess that doesn't mm, count. Different, not, not uh, officially. Well, I mean, Castle the Lords of Shadow, I think. Uh, two. Two, yeah, that like might have been the last one. And that, that might have killed the franchise because nobody yes. liked it, except yes. for me. Uh, that but was there have the been bad Castlevania iterations before that didn't kill the and franchise. And the franchise right? has arguably never been more relevant because I would guess there's mm. at least... Netflix numbers are tricky because they don't release them, yeah. but they're estimated to be... I would guess uh, six figures of people are more familiar with Castlevania who've never played one of the games because that mm -hmm. Netflix show, which is excellent. Speaking Cannot of Netflix... Konami does not just hire a way forward mm -hmm. to do a remake of Castlevania 3 with the characters from the there show. You go. They're leaving money on the table. Or speaking of Netflix, hey, Duffer Brothers, can you throw Castlevania in the next season of Stranger Things? Because apparently up. anything they fucking throw in that, that just rescues those I think it's like 86, 87, like... that would match up. The characters in the show will be 31. So, like, that's the only thing that'll look weird. <laughs> They, they, they've talked about Nintendo at least they once. They did. I, I heard it season. this week. Yeah. I, I just love that, uh, you know, like Metallica's trending and young kids are discovering and illegally downloading that Metallica is so again. fucking nuts. Like, of and all thinking they're the first generation to do so. <laughs> I feel so fucking old. Like, Lars Ulrich is so fucking pissed. I am pissed about how much I've had to hear about Metallica, and I'm just shocked that, like, hmm. they're teenagers that they're hearing from them for the first time. Hmm. You Gen Z cocksuckers, I am the master of puppets. Was that, was that <laughs> Lars? That's, that's my Lars. That's my Lars. No, he, he uh, talks more like this, like super, yeah. super bass. Yes, I know, but I have to make him sound like a guy no, from Metapocalypse. No, you, you need to make him sound like I'm from the Bay Area and I say things a little slower at a time because I'm taking time to think about my thoughts while believing I'm smarter than you. And that's why I destroyed you're, Napster. Careful, you're going, you're you're starting to go Jesse the body. I am not. I was not. You want one. to. Actually, when yeah, you do the really slow, super enunciated speech. The, the one thing about that Nintendo reference in Stranger Things that bugged me was... Uh, and it's like they start talking about it's like a new game console. They're not talking about Nintendo. It's like you mean like Nintendo? Yeah, like that. Like, yeah, because like, nobody called it a game console. In no the one 80s. called them consoles. What year no. is it? Nineteen eighty-five, eighty-six. We're in the New York test Something market. Like we that, are aware yeah. of this thing. Shut up, mm -hmm. Stranger Things. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no, uh, Stranger Things has nothing to do with this. Let's continue talking about Castlevania because that level with the spinning barrel. Do you remember what the boss was there? Uh, was it the Brock guy? Yeah, it was a, a gigantic golem. And yeah. he was the background layer, you can tell, because his background was all black. And he just sort of shuffles around being all big. And every time you hit him, he gets smaller and faster. And it sounds like this. And then, then he gets small, and when he dies, he gets really big. That until he just sound. fills up the whole screen and disappears. So, so you know how I said the warble mm -hmm. underappreciated SNES sound? Yep. That sound we just heard, maybe like my least favorite. A lot of games mm. use that sound. It always just sounded like my NES, uh, SNES was taking a shit all over. The sound of game. Mario taking down every tower at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas that was what all the Genesis music sounded like. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All Genesis music sounded exactly like that. Greg's not here to defend it. Uh, anyway, but uh, the, the thing that really impressed me, though, like beyond that that spinny room, was this bit right here. I love this bit because, like, it's it's like silent movie music for like something in the old west, <laughs> and it is it's like you know you get to Castlevania proper and you go through like that entry hall that that level is in every Castlevania game where you like walk through the entry hall and you whip the zombies and then you climb up these stairs and all of a sudden there's giant fucking chandeliers swinging back and forth, mode seven as fuck, and mm-hmm. you have to jump on platforms <laughs> on them as they swing and it's. Like, I loved that. I loved that so much. It's such a cool effect. You can see the, the flames going back and forth as they swing. Like, yeah. It's I, neat. I just love knowing that the, the, what you really are looking at is two layers that they're having to time perfectly mm-hmm. of the thing you're standing on, If you know, assuming there's an image even there. Uh, and then, yeah, the chandelier layer, because mm-hmm. that's just a background. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's just part of the background. It's such a cool effect. But um, we should... Land this puppy. Oh, I get it. That was. (laughs) See what I did? See what you did there, Michael. That was a pilot wings joke. Yeah. And that you you were listening to a landing sequence in Violet yes, Wings. Yes. So this, I think, you know, it's not as good as a lot of the games on this list in terms of, you know, just fun factor. But yeah. this is a game built around Mode 7. This is a right, Mode 7 yeah. tech demo that it, still managed to be really well made and fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was, a te- this was a tech demo through and through. Like when I think... When people use the phrase tech demo, mm-hmm. Pilot Wings pops into my mind. Because yep. this, yep. this was a this, game developed to show off Mode this 7. Should be, this should be the one-two Switch game Nintendo launches every right. console. Yes. With, like, right. instead of that horseshit. Um, but this was yeah. good. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like this one, but it, but they it, actually released sequel, you there, know, there, to this there, one. There's definitely, you know, problems with it that other Pilot Wings game, games would improve. But I just want to, like, point out Arcade gaming was based in everything you, every single thing you did with in Pilot Wings: paratrooping, mm-hmm. flight, flight shooting, uh, skydiving, uh, jetpackery. Those were all things based on single screen arcade games, and to be able to do that in a pseudo three D environment in this many ways had never been done before, and it was thrilling. It was yeah. thrilling to see. It was. And it I, was a lot of fun to play. But in essence, it's a mini game collection, and that's yeah, what's yeah. funny is I normally don't gravitate toward those, but I love this one. I just, right, but I always think the, of Blast Corps as a mini game. The campaign was basically mm-hmm. it was a series of licensing tests, right? Like that was the story premise of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you're going to get licensed. Yeah, Blast Corps is actually a good comparison. Um, unlike Blast Corps in this, I, there, there's stuff like I was watching a playthrough video. This like I don't remember this at all. I don't remember like being a penguin and going off like a super high dive and, and having to you dive into a bunch exactly of other the stuff right pool. By, by Was that the bonus games? There, yeah, yeah. But I do remember uh, flying around on a jetpack. Shout out to the Rugrats Orchestra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like a mopey girl is singing to me. 
<laughs> that was really cool. I totally forgot about that song. And and I I con- had completely forgotten. There are like flight combat levels. You get to pilot a chopper like your coach yeah. comes to you and is like, "Oh, some of our uh flight instructors have been kidnapped by the evil syndicate and you're the only person with enough flight certification to go and save them." So get into a, a chopper and uh blow shit the fuck up. I'm saying there there were five years ago you may have been pumping quarters into lesser 2d versions of this in arcades of ever five years before this was yeah 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 there's plenty of helicopter (laughs) like i mean arcades were built for plane games but there were still there were still paratrooper games there's a ton of games Mm. where you paratroop there's a ton of games where you have a jetpack and this had all of that in an environment you'd never seen before the most 3D possible in 1991, the day the system comes out. The day. Yep. And and, and I, I feel like that's awesome. And, like, I hate that there's only been three pilot wings. They've only launched... Did it launch the 64? It might have, actually. I but think so, it, yeah. It definitely yeah, launched the 3DS. Yeah, the 64 was a launch title. Yeah, the I think 3DS it one might have been awesome. just, like, it was that and Mario uh, mm-hmm. launched Which, the which made sense, because it's another tech demo. In this case, they were trying to show off 3D. And yeah. Pilot, Pilot Wings games are great at showing off tech. And the, yeah, and then Pilot Wings Resort was trying to show off 3D in a different way. With mm-hmm. their yeah. eyeballs. And yes. it was okay. I, yeah. you ha- if you have the 3D on, and if you have the head-tracking version of it, that... Mm-hmm. It's easier to play with 3D. You are you will be better at it in the 3D. And you'll notice that in this game because there's <laughs> it's why it doesn't hold up very well. It's very hard to distinguish certain aspects of the environment other than like the targets and whatnot. But they try and approximate buildings in a way that's an adorable. Flat buildings on a flat texture. You are landing on a JPEG in some of these things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true of all these Mode 7 effects. You're landing on a JPEG. It's true. It's true, but like it, it, more so in Pilot Wings because but you are because you are twisting the entire world as it's scaling up towards you. That had yep. never... I'd never... Maybe that had been done before, but I'd never seen it. Never. Because I'm leaving on a JPEG. <laughs> don't know when uh, I'll be back again. I was waiting for Michael to harmonize. I don't leaving. know when I'll be back a GIF. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> probably a gif a gif a, what are you Stop. talking about no uh, the inventor's not here to defend himself this is, this is one of those weird things that like i feel like i should have been more impressed by this than i was like oh. this was unprecedented technology and and only like now with the benefit of hindsight and having a rudimentary understanding of how this stuff works does it just kind of blow me away? Like, wow, this was right. really advanced technology for 1992. Why did I not appreciate it then? How innovative. This blew me I'll, away. I'll tell you no. why you didn't appreciate it. Because the system came with one of the best Super Nintendo games ever. The Mario hmm. game. That's true. Which also the had most heaven. But yeah. I, I remember being wowed by this. Like, it totally worked as a tech demo for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, this was fantastic. Just, and I, I remember thinking. I, like, I'm I've just never seen a game do The this. last, how many Nintendo consoles have launched with... No Mario game of any kind. You can't make a version of Pilot Wings that's forty dollars or pack it into the system and make this brand a little more relevant or like give people something to play. Like Nintendo has launched plat- like games with no I, first party I support. I do feel like mm-hmm. I do feel like they back in the day they were a little bit better of like sitting on stuff and waiting for other things to align to have like a yeah. gigantic launch where like, yeah, 
we'll just hold this console until Mario's ready. But do you, and then we'll you release remember, it together. Like, Wii U just Nin- do that. Wii U Nintendo Land. Mm-hmm. That's what Pilot Wings should be. An all-star, ver- like, an all-star, all-star cast of Nintendo characters doing things that show off the new tech in a Pilot Wings sure. game. And instead, the only <laughs> Nintendo character in here is the only Nestor game, the game with Nestor in it. Or is that Pilot Wings 64? Nestor's Funky Bowling. But... Uh, He's in a Pilot Wings game. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Now I'm, now I'm now I'm confused. But like Nestor, I don't think anyone in Japan is aware of Nestor. But a Nintendo Power comic strip character that only made it into a Pilot Wings game in a Funky Bowl. Mm-hmm. It looks might... like uh, oh uh, he there's a character that is similar to him, Lark in Pilot Wings '64. That yes, might be what you're it is Nest. Come now, they just didn't want to pay the person who created him, Howard Lincoln. Um, so, but but yeah. I mean, they kept the Nestor comic going after Howard left. So he did. I did. I always loved it. Uh, it's one of my yeah. favorite art styles in the universe. But uh, Pilot Wings, it's not going to be anybody's favorite game. But I don't understand. In lieu of nothing, <laughs> nothing, make a free small or a cheap small Pilot Wings game. What's the deal, mm-hmm. Nintendo? Do it. Yeah. Do it all the time. Do it. That's what we want to see. Do, do, it, it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I mean, they could have for Switch to right, with the HD Rumble. Mm-hmm. They needed more games to show that off, yeah. and like different engines and jet engines rumbling at different frequencies. It seems like I mean, a I mean, natural it just, fit. It also seems asinine to launch something like even the Switch OLED. Like, is there anything that shows this off? Oh, nothing. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I'll definitely buy another one of these. By the way, I, I got it. I got it quickly. It was Howard Phillips, so don't oh, write yeah. into the show to correct Chris. Lincoln was the lawyer. Phillips was the nerd. Right. Okay. The Lincoln I got lawyer. The, I got them confused all the time too. I still do. Mm. Yeah, I still do. Clearly. Uh, Let's go to anyway. Break. <laughs> that has been our top five. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some stuff. I guess new releases, news, etc. I'm, yes. I'm not really sure what's on. The I talk. have notes. There are stuff. Okay. All right, all right. I believe you. But yeah, we will get into all that right after this. Stay tuned. Oh, there's the doorbell. Let's see who's out there. Oh, it's a seven. Hello, seven. Won't you come in, seven? Make yourself at home. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But I want to talk about good cartoons. Talk talk about... about a good cartoon, a good yeah. experience, a movie I have seen three times. What? What? I've seen three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice already. Uh, that's Chippendale Rescue. What the fuck? I, I'm supposed to be the, like the diehard here. Jesus Christ. It, it is, uh, does seem like a movie custom made for you, though, Chris, because it's like yeah. the sequel to Roger Rabbit. We never it, is, it is Roger Rabbit, and I, I don't say this with cynicism, it's Roger Rabbit for uh, millennials and Gen Xers. Uh, yeah. and, and, and just because, like, you know, I didn't want to spoil things for Michael. I was just like trying to say, like, you're not going to see Mickey, and you're not going to see Donald, really. But like, dude, there's schnookums in meat in the end credits. For fuck's sake, I don't think that's been acknowledged by Disney in any way ever. 
but there's like they're just boom there in the end. It's fucking crazy. It, it, uh, some of those cameos that they got. And are the, there's yeah. Randy Marsh is in a Randy Marsh is Randy in Marsh a fucking, is chilling in a sauna in a, in a sauna room. I was I, I got with uh, two of the three little pigs. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our final segment. I feel like before we begin the next segment, I should point out I because I imagine this is gonna come back because it was a conversation we had. Yoshi's Island uh is a right. a hotbed of, of cool mode seven effects, but a lot of what it does is actually assisted by the Super FX2 chip. All, yes. all this sprite scaling it does, that's not Mode 7. Mode 7 is just a background layer. So uh, we talked about it, and we decided, maybe not that one. But uh, if if you're incensed about us leaving it off, that's why. Yeah, that's I had why. to bring it up, because behind the scenes, I've 100% of that game twice. Hmm. I know the game very well. Yeah. And I, I was reading more about Mode 7. I'm like, I don't think that's what the game is doing. No. Well... I think we read there's parts, so it's there are parts that are mode seven. There yes. are then there are the super FX two chip, but we we didn't know which was which, and so we didn't mm-hmm. basically want you guys. Well, there's a lot this. of great <laughs> effects in in Yoshi's Island that use mode seven, but it is way enhanced by the super effects chip. Yeah. yeah, it is not something you could do. So it these effects require mode seven to work, but are enhanced majorly by a 3D rendering chip made by the Star Fox creators. Mm. Yeah. Th- that that makes the game look like no other game. It is. It I mean, is plus, a, it, that's a babby Mario game. Literally, stop boom, it, motherfuckers. It's why you never played it. You never hundred percented it. Collecting all the goddamn Fucking flowers. Babby game. Yeah, and I guess that's as good a lead in as any for. Number one Babby game. <laughs> Rabbit's Party <laughs> of Legends, which oh, I thought well, we talked I about last week. Talk, uh, sorry, I was not struggling into that I'm game. trying to do my rabbit, my best rabbit impression. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So it, it is uh, an interesting premise. The The idea is that uh, are you, you're, you're, of course, all familiar with the uh, Chinese classic novel Journey to the West. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. So at, near the end of the novel, where the, uh, the heroes are finally bringing the uh, scrolls back from India, the... Rabbits crash in in their washing machine, scatter everything to the four winds, and are forced to reenact Journey to the West uh, in a series of mini games. Are, and are any of those winds flatulence? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of fart jokes in it. Yeah, I mean it's a rabbit's game. Yeah, there there are farty mini games. Are there a lot of monkeys? Um, mm, there's there's a lot of rabbits dressed as monkeys. Michael, what, okay. could you say that this game is? Pandaing to the Chinese audience. Wow! <laughs> well, it was actually developed by Ubisoft Chengdu primarily for the Chinese market. And uh, hey. it was like one of the first uh, games Ubisoft developed specifically for China. And then they're bringing it over here. And, Sweet. Uh, yeah. Because there, there's, there's nothing China loves more right now than uh, um, ill-bred rabbits in a wet market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's the first time in a long time the rabbits have gone back to their raving rabbits mini game roots, right? Like this is a party game through and through. Oh, right. They've had a few of those, but yeah. Um, but they've been they've been like their biggest thing has been the the Mario Mario and Rabbits series, mm-hmm. which I think is yeah. you can play for free right now on Switch or something like that. Uh, there's like a limited. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like how Xbox has those things where you get free weekends. I mean, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's something PlayStation does a lot. So I'm just shocked that Nintendo is doing it. Yeah, and it's a long time. It's like 
It's like a week or something. Yeah, it's 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 good. Wow. Except, and that, that's a great game. Great it is. Game. It's fantastic. I think it's don't you have to be though the subscriber to the the upgraded Nintendo Online service to get You're access talking to the wrong guy. I beat this years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went really Italian with that. Was you talking to the wrong hey, guy? You're talking to the wrong guy over here. Uh, Matt, you played <laughs> you, you played Cuphead: The Delicious Last. I course. did. I did. Uh, and I don't have much more to add on top of what Tony, uh, you know, already covered last week. I, I can just say, um, yeah, I've tried out several of the bosses. Uh, it's very much Cuphead. We're you know highly recommended. Try them on the. Simple mode first to kind of learn patterns before you do the advanced. Mm-hmm. Beautifully animated. Uh, like mm-hmm. uh, all of the boss battles have kind of, you know, unique mechanic. I really enjoy uh, the new character. Miss Chalice. Chalice. Yeah, Miss Miss Chalice. Really enjoyed her because she has. So like, remember in the original Cuphead, like to the things that were pink, those are the things that you could use to kind of yes. build up your meter. Like you, uh, I forget what the thing, but you would basically jump and double jump to hit them right. and that would charge your meter. Miss Chalice has a move that's mapped to one of your trigger buttons where she kind of just does a charge through that thing, oh, nice. which is way more convenient than trying to like mm. position yourself and double jump just right where the pink thing on the screen is. You just kind of right. charge through it. So I liked her move set a lot more. She also has like this dodge roll that has invincibility frames. So like if you hold down and hit the trigger, she'll like roll in either direction or whatever. So there are definitely boss battles. You can tell that they designed with the Miss Chalice in mind. Um, and her design, she's adorable. I love it. And and the way they have her implemented, it's, it's funny. It's like you either pick Cuphead or Mugman, and then it's a charm that you equip that gives you her abilities. And like the whole premise is like, she's like a ghost that is like basically possessing you during those battles. And they have all animations for it and stuff. It's, it's really neat. Um, it's, it's only $8. Like it's, to me, this is a no brainer, especially if you enjoy Cuphead, because you get to see so many, you know, beautiful boss animations. It's this whole new island with all the stuff the other one had too. And there's, there's a shop with new items available to purchase and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot on offer here in this eight dollar package so uh to me if you are a cuphead owner this is almost a must buy yeah i'm with you because like i was i don't know what some of the reviews said like this is like seven hours of six seven hours of content and like what does that mean for a cuphead game that like, means I'm nothing master this for first cuphead, try? Yeah. no probably not i mean if you suck it yeah if you suck it might be like 40 hours of content, you know, but yeah, if, if you, if you're good at the boss battles and that's the thing is I wonder when they say that, like, are they just beating them on simple mode or are they, they doing the actual real fights, which, you know, typically has another phase, right? With all new attacks. That I, you have I to never get tired of saying it. Cuphead is old school Contra shell mm-hmm. in, oh, yeah. in fucking Betty Boop cartoonage. It's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's as hard as ever too, by the way. And that's the thing. The, my one complaint is it had just been so long since I played Cuphead. It's like I'm sort of having to relearn Cuphead and 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 kind of the tricks for getting through a lot of those those fights and, and moves and stuff like that. So um, that because it was what it's been a few years now since the base yeah, game, uh, it, it, it is a little tough to go back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's because they've had DLC updates before but not like major content uh delivery yeah like not content mm-hmm. updates i think those were more quality of it, it quality really of life does sound like the developer saying goodbye to really one of my favorite games of the last decade so i'm just super excited to pick it up yeah i mean i think i think this is their farewell to cuphead but mm-hmm. i'm really anxious cuphead to won. see what uh, what they do next you yeah know, so. i i imagine 
I just always imagine they bit off more than they could chew with this concept and got some Microsoft money and were able to see it through. I'm not sure yeah. we'll see anything this beautiful again, this 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 wonderful. So treasure the treasure the Cuphead. Buy it anywhere you can. Uh, make sure it's yeah. always available because first first party support alleviates a lot of problems and money issues. And Microsoft gave that to Cuphead, and it's now. Did Microsoft every... buy them? Like the studio? No, I don't think or they, they did. Still independent. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's on every platform, including Switch. And he, if Cuphead is in Smash. <laughs> In, in costume form. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's weird is my sister, who doesn't really play video games a lot, uh, has has my hand-me-down Xbox One launch that I got at launch. Uh, and I got her Game Pass uh, like a year ago. And she, like, after a little while after, um, she's like, oh, I bought Cuphead. And... Like, but it's included in Game Passes, and they're like, no, no, it's not. And like, found out, like, oh no, it's it's not. But, but my non-gamer sister loves Cuphead, has played the shit out of it, is probably much better at it than me. It's like this is like a super hardcore Twitch game that I'm not very good at. How are you fucking owning at this? And, and um, uh, our friend Adam of Paducan, I'm sure he's mentioned that on Paducan, uh, retrofitted a cab with Cuphead in it That's, in, in the oh, arcade, wow. and like, it fits in absurdly well and is incredibly popular that seems like a perfect way to play it yeah yeah it's still there although i would wonder it, like a real arcade like is it on a crt no no no, no. it's on a widescreen okay because because the thing is i mean it's designed to look like a crt mm-hmm. on a you know regular hd display so it would probably look really bad on no no he actual crt blur but i'm sure from, he's talked about it before because i think he did have to like gut a regular arcade machine posted it online and got a oh, roasted by arcade preservation. How dare you gut this rotting Robotron to put Cuphead in? Right. Yeah. <laughs> rotting Robotron. It's my favorite Halloween mod. Uh, Other new releases. We announced this one last week. It's it's coming to PS Plus, but Arcade Geddon, I, I think what it was is this was an Epic exclusive that is now coming to all the systems. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to check it out, it's that multiplayer kind of retro-themed um, pve experience i think there's some pvp pvp as well but uh, check it out on ps plus if you already have that hmm. anybody play gwent rogue mage yeah that's a standalone expansion so don't think you need to have and have been playing gwent you can just check out rogue mage on its own which apparently is like the story of the first person that of the person the wizard who is creating the first witcher you know like he's hmm. doing experiments with the first witcher gwent kicks ass gwent is super addictive hmm. um it's no Orlog. No, it's uh, not. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but it's quite good, and and uh, and the standalone version was fine. Like I, you know, I I played a little bit of that when it came out, and then I think it eventually went free to play. But uh, yeah, so check this out, Gwent Rogue Mage. The uh, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series is uh, not a new Klonoa game, but I, I think re- you said it's remakes of all three yeah. of the Compilation, games. Compilation. So yeah, it uh, features remasters of uh, Klonoa Door to uh, Phantomiel. Did I say that? Phantom Mile? Phantom Mile? Yeah. Uh, and Klonoa 2, Lunatia's Veil. Lunatia's um, Veil. How does he know this? The second one was like the big 3D one. Weren't they both 3D? Like, just that sort of like quasi, you know, 2.5. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, the whole Klonoa thing is it's, it's a 3D, 2D side scroll. I thought that was an with 2, just because like for a long, I, I picked up Klonoa 2 at like a blockbuster going out of business sale. And for a while, it was mm. like the most expensive game I had in my collection because of how rare it was. Mm. 
And now so, here we are. You can yeah, get it anything. I bought this because it launched early on PC. Um, I have not had time to play it ah. before the show. So uh, we'll talk about it next week if it's cool and worth I talking really, about. I really loved those games because it's, it's true... 3D, 2D side scrolling where it's like they do cool tricks, you know, because it is in 3D, they can, you can like wrap around a building and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they can change, change the perspective of the 2D, yeah. you know, side. It's like Mode 7, but it's actually 3D. But it's actual 3D. <laughs> Not yeah. flat. Uh, is that, is that all the new releases? That's all the new stuff. Right. Oh, I mean, I should just mention, so Chris and I, we didn't forget about Monster Hunter. We're still compiling thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Maybe next week. Monster Hunter Rise? For more Monster Hunter. God damn it. More monsters. Mm. More hunts. Mun Monster Hunter. All right. Stupid 4th of July weekend and my mom's broken collarbone. Curses. What a distraction. So, uh, you guys know Facebook is now called Meta. Mm-hmm. Whatever, it's, yeah, that's totally it's working. It's what we all no call it. It's yes. so easy. Every, yeah, every time I log meta. in to promote the show, I go to the Meta Business Suite, and I, uh, <laughs> that's the only way to schedule in advance. And this this story is a bit misleading because, okay, if you'll recall, when Facebook purchased Oculus, one of the things, one of the most least popular things they announced is that mm-hmm. uh, it would you would have to log into your Quest headset with a Facebook account. Well, that is no longer the case, Good. but the reason it's a bit of a bait and switch is like, well, you you need to log in with a meta account, oh. so it's, it's not strictly your Facebook account, but there's still an account system there. I didn't know there, what, because so. I remember people complaining about that, because basically, like, there were people who had, many people at that point who had ethical stances, I'm not joining Facebook, but you need mm-hmm. to join Facebook to play your Oculus. But I don't yeah, have an giving Oculus. them money in any case. Here's the quote from Mark Zuckerberg. And this is like, come on, dude. Like, we can all see through this. So here's his quote. You won't need a Facebook account to log into Quest starting next month. Next sentence. We're rolling out meta accounts that you can use with our VR headsets instead. This will give everyone more choice about how you show up in the metaverse. I'm like, no, it's it never going to happen, company. Zuckerberg. This isn't choice. Yeah. No, you don't have to. You don't have to use a Facebook account. You just use... These accounts that are rolled out by Facebook <laughs> that are connected to our service. This is like, like Google saying you no longer need a Google account to log into Gmail, but you can use an Alphabet account instead. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the same fucking company. You're not fooling anybody. Like, do, you, do you think that the reason I'm not on Facebook is because I don't want to talk to my mom? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you think maybe it's because of you guys? I just, I, I, I don't mind. Like every system we have now, we do log into an account. I'm speaking hypothetically, of course. I am on Facebook, just like every other. Human I, being I know, on the but every every video game system we use, we do automatically log into an account. Mm-hmm. And with most of those game consoles, I never have to log in. Facebook yeah, makes in. everything weird hmm. and constantly needs some kind of authentication. That's that's what I was sort of like. I don't fucking remember my password. It's attached to my Yahoo account, which hmm. is based on a fake GeoCities page. Where I stole my friend's <laughs> Lego Yoda and posed naked with it all over the state. Like, that, that, is, that is what my Facebook account is attached to. I, don't make me go back to my Yahoo account to figure out how to play the Some new of Oculus this isn't game. Facebook's fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only some, though. <laughs> but I, I don't have an Oculus, so I don't know what the login process is like. But like every time I log into Facebook on a different device, it's like, is this really you? Well, like, Mike, Michael, you have yeah. uh, Oculus. I mean, so. I, I had to register. Basically, you register your account with your, your Oculus account. You have the, uh, the user profile that you make. Mm-hmm. And then you tie that to Facebook. And because I was, you know, I was going from like an Oculus One to an Oculus Two, uh, or Quest Two, uh, it, you know, it said like, "Oh, you're transferring your account. You have to link this to your Facebook account." I'm like, fine. Yeah. And so yeah. I just did that. It it doesn't make me log in every time, but you know, most right. of the time that I turn it on, it's connected to my PC anyway, which yeah. is kind of a neat thing. And you can do that wirelessly now. You don't even have to use a, uh, a USB cable. The reason I know this isn't a real story is like, so people who only have old school Oculus accounts mm-hmm. from like pre-acquisition, that's getting phased out. They they won't be able to log in after January 1st, 2023. Like you need, you will need a meta account. But, but so. yeah, I think the worry from a lot of people was like, what if I do something that gets me banned from a Facebook and then my yes. Oculus is my, my quest is just completely worthless. Or, or that people don't want themselves data mined when they're gaming. Mm, that's true. But yeah, there's there's literally no promise from that from any service you're on. Mm. Uh, only Nintendo, because you know they don't know how to do it. Especially yeah. VR, which is like the most invasive of yeah. gaming devices. Yeah. Right. For, for all I know, uh, Meta has access to the cameras on the front yes. of the unit that are used for for you know when I move my head, it knows. Oh, you moved your head. Yeah, Michael motorboated people in Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball for 19 mm-hmm. hours today. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's <laughs> great. It's great. Actually, hey, yeah. speaking of motorboats, uh, these aren't motorboats, <laughs> but these are boats. A Skull and Bones has a date. Yay. It is real. What a it transition. Is <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, I can set away fucking anything, Chris. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, we, we went from 8, sloppily baby. messing with titties to boats with no motors, but uh, please, go you ahead. You don't think pirates sloppily mess with titties? Uh, no, no. They, they, well, <laughs> most of them were gay, but like most people don't want to hear that. <laughs> one, of, one of my great moments of shame uh, as a gamer was uh, GTA 5 came out and somebody messaged me like on Xbox 360 is like you spent two hours in the strip club lol and I was like <laughs> I'm locking on, down all my accounts nobody is this is my this is why we again. don't want to log in with our meta account yeah, we yeah, don't exactly. want that shit tracked and, and yeah, we posted don't want to Steve Pan and scraping our Oculus friends <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so November eighth uh, Skull and Bones is coming they showed actually showed off a lot of the game um, some some interesting things here no campaign. It is a little bit like uh, Sea of Thieves, where it's more like, hey, there's activities on the on the ocean. But one of the things that uh, they showed off was there's like towns that you can visit. Towns. That, that, uh, I'm assuming are like the Black Flag settlements that you would go to, and there's like stuff to do in those settlements. Yeah, there's, so. there's you know pirate dens. You can go seek goods and services, talk to merchants, and socialize with other players. It looks pretty. I gotta say that oh, that yeah. water looked fucking great. You, you can Which... attack. Uh, they they had a, a whole gameplay demo of uh, doing plundering. That you can you can plunder settlements that are by by the seashore, and uh, you just wheel up in your ships, and you know preferably with a friend or two, but you can do it solo and uh, take on their 
defenses. They have like cannon towers and you fight them while reinforcements are coming in from sea. And then you like, you know, send some of your crew ashore with a, a barge and like they'll, they'll fill up a meter gradually as long as you're close enough to town. And uh, that was one of my favorite parts of Black Flag was reenacting basically the Pirates of the Caribbean ride where, yeah, they had like the cannon things you just roll up on. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like if if what you're saying is if I'm interpreting correctly, it sounds like it's sort of combining that Black Flag settlement storming thing with a little bit of um Valhalla had actual like where you'd go on raids in the towns where there's like foot soldiers fighting people in the towns is, is that am I understanding you correctly or is it just like fighting from your ship it's just fighting from your ship ah okay gotcha um, so gotcha. yeah it, but you're, you're right though in thinking like yeah it's sort of similar to the the fort the the bits in Black Flag where you're fighting against a, a sea fort and I they have those. all these cannons trained at you yeah it's yeah. it's a bit like that except that, that there's there's like a loot capture mechanic where you are waiting for your pirates who are on shore to fill a barge and and then you can like grab it and when this meter fills all the way it's like yeah I got all the loot and I'm sailing away. Oh now. so okay so you send guys out but you don't get to play as right. those guys that right. are storming the town. We wants the redhead. Hmm. We wants the- this is a Pirates of the Caribbean ride reference Chris uh, is supposed to understand. I w- my I didn't click on the window. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, November 8th, look forward to swabbing the decks, me hearties. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, PlayStation Indies, uh, they've made a bunch of announcements on the PlayStation blog. Uh, to be honest, a lot of these, I'm like, cool, cool indie game, Sea of Stars coming to PS4, PS5, uh, Schism coming to PlayStation consoles, but the biggie, the big one that I know will, will interest Michael, he will look at the screen and he will look me in the eye when I say, Inscription, one of our yes, games of the yeah. year, coming to PS4 and PS5 with enhanced, enhanced control features yeah. to take advantage oh, nice. of the dual sense. Enhanced baby. inscription, and I yeah. want to say that they, if this was a Microsoft thing, the way they played this up, like this would be coming to PS Plus Extra, because what a get! Like PC, the PC game of the year. Oh yeah, man, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, oh. I will say, if you don't know what to expect from Inscription, and you should read as little as possible about yeah, it because it's best to go it. in completely cold, not knowing anything. Uh, will do. You will see what looks like a, a CCG, a collectible card game. If you are not interested in it, in in those, you should play it anyway. Keep playing. Yes, yes keep playing. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah. It's it's great. It's all right, fantastic. Peter, the I loved it, guy. and I don't like those either. Oh, yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh! guy. R.I.P. to him as well, yeah. yeah. Looks like, unfortunately, a, a snorkeling That's accident. how I want to go. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. In the, uh, in the one ocean. of the cool things that excites me about this, and it's also going to totally creep me out, so Stoat's voice will come out of your controller. Ooh. Like, yeah. Stoat didn't even have a voice. That's But that's what's cool is, like, there were times where I think I missed, like, he was trying to talk to me from my deck, and I just think I missed it. I was, like, too busy playing the other cards in the hand. So, like, if he's like, hey! Hey, like trying to talk to me through the controller yeah, like that. I only that glanced one. at this, but yeah, they said they were going to do like a bunch of dual sense stuff with colors and voices. Yeah, too. you know how the lighting changes yeah. depending on like the no, part I of don't. the <laughs> board you're on. Ah, that's right. <laughs> but I, but Michael made me hyper aware of inscription, so it was just nice to hear more news about it. Inscription fucking rules. Mm, really yeah. excited that it's coming oh, wait, to PlayStation. I, I meant to say, I just add in there, Matt. Uh, uh, a Skull and Bones release date is now one day before God of War. Uh, Ragnarok. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, quick PSA. Speaking of dates, see, I can fucking do this all You're day, so Chris. Good. Uh, today, 
is the last day you can go grab that Matrix Unreal 5 demo. Uh, they're, they're taking it down after the 9th. So that fucking... So today, yeah. today, as you're probably listening to this, go get that shit before it's gone out of out It's of not so. a great game, but it is a fucking amazing tech showcase. It's a tech demo. It's not meant to be a yeah, game. It's, it's meant to be really a cool, cool tech demo. And it's free, so try and get it before it goes away. And, yeah, that's and, and I think all of us kind of like the new Matrix movie, so <laughs> I know there's a... That franchise is officially dead, I believe, at Warner Brothers, um, according to people involved. Um, otherwise, it maybe would have stuck around, but yeah, whatever. Cool things, special things are special because they're temporary. So try and grab it soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there's some rights issues, or oh, yeah. there's some. Re- there's got to be a reason they take they're taking that down. So it's going away. It's really neat. Uh, check it out. Um, hey, one thing you will no longer be able to check out if you missed all those awesome xbox 360 games they are no longer going to be included as part of the games with gold program starting in october uh the quote this quote sounds so dark we have reached the limit of our ability to bring (laughs) xbox 360 games to the catalog (laughs) what okay do yourself a favor right now that's not true do yourself a favor right now and go to the xbox game store and they and they have a section called top paid games. I just did this casually today. It's like uh uh I forget what any of the first ones the first three are. The next ones are Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto 4 360 version, Grand Theft Auto 5 360 version. The top paid games in the Xbox Game Store according to their list like half of them are 360 games. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh Call of Duty uh uh well, th- Blops three, three sixty version uh, is yeah. is still on sale there. It's in the top paid game, so I don't know what this news article was about, other than saying like, yeah, we know games with gold have sucked balls for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it has been great. You gotta, no, gotta wonder great. like what percentage of people out there are still just rocking an Xbox three sixty. Like you never upgraded nine years ago. I I know a lot of single moms, so yeah, there's a lot mm. of people doing that. Mm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt that those people are subscribed to games with gold. It though, would right? seem like, like an odd thing to do because all the kids yeah. really want to do is play that incredible sequel on from THQ yeah. on Xbox 360. Oh. So there's more to this that I wanted to ask you guys because I, I wasn't sure if it worked this way before. So first of all, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why they felt the need to clarify this, but there's always people out there that don't understand this is sort of always the way. Anything you have downloaded before mm-hmm. they phase that out – You'll be fine. You can keep playing yep. that shit. But they had to make sure to clarify that because people always freak out. Here's one, though, that, that I found was interesting. If you redeem anything that you redeem prior or whatever, you can keep on your account even if you stop your subscription. I thought oh. Games with Gold, once you stop subscribing, so you can no longer play those games. It is PS Plus things. I'm pretty sure it's – but I, I've never let my account lapse for any of these things. I think I let my PS Plus account lapse like one or two months on accident, mm-hmm. and I I lost access while it was lapsed, but then I got access to anything I had grabbed before once I reactivated. I just ima- imagine because like when I was, you know, I, I open up my Vita on a plane and it can't connect to the internet, it's, it's like I never had these games to begin with. They don't exist. I can't even activate them. Whereas when the internet's out at my house, all the Xbox games with gold I have on my hard drive, I can access immediately. Yeah. Here's the big unknown with this. So right now you get two Xbox One games a month, two 360 mm-hmm. games a month. 
does this just mean we're only going to get the two Xbox One games? Are they going to double the number of Xbox One games? Are they going to shift it over and have some Xbox Series X games? The goal of Xbox Games with Gold has been to scare people into Game Pass. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Stop paying for this. We don't want to offer it to you anymore. There's a better deal out there. This this does seem to be sort of another nail in the coffin of Xbox Game with Gold. Do you not want free access to Kingdom of Keflings for the 16th time? We have (laughs) 10 brand new launch games on, on Game Pass. They have doubled up on some games. There's definitely been a some where I'm like, wait, they already gave this to me. Wait, what is going on? Don't need this. But yeah, so that's that's a bit of a bummer. It's like, all right, you know, that generation's definitely kind of passing away. Uh, was this a game in that generation? Lollipop Chainsaw is getting a remake yes, in 2023, I was, was going to say, how can I play Lollipop Chainsaw without 360 games well, you, with gold? You can buy the remake in 2023 and immediately get added to all sorts of unseal lists. my copy, which now fucking makes it worthless thanks a lot james gunn being popular and good <laughs> yeah did, did any of you guys play this game yes i mm-hmm. did a bit i it's one of those it's like sunset overdrive where it's like i really wanted to like this and i kind of didn't that's how i feel about everything these guys make <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of like Except killer seven it's it's a really interesting idea with just kind of basic brawler, uh, like you know, just basic hack and slash. And it's like, well, this is gameplay wise, this is nothing special, um, yeah. but this has some really neat ideas. Yeah, and it's like and, how, and how it's, I almost met James Gunn because like they were mm-hmm. bringing him around to showcase the game, touting the writing, and the writing is also very ten years ago. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, right. Yeah, what is it? Like the first boss attacks you by uh, yelling the word "bitch" in oh, like really bitch. huge visible letters. Um, <laughs> I don't want no part of your tight ass country club, you freak bitch. I believe that's what is no. That, but why do I always confuse this game with Sucker Punch in my head? Like I just place it in the same because category. Because they're bad as attempts it. at feminism from males. <laughs> that's okay. Um, thank you. That you answered my question. Thank mainly you. Sucker Punch, the worst movie I've modern movie I've ever seen. Zack Snyder's it Sucker sucks. Punch, just mm-hmm. in case we're not being clear. Yeah, I would. I would rather watch. I would rather make him watch me a prequel where Batman does nothing but brand criminals than ever watch Sucker Punch <laughs> Punch again. Like this, that, it, that is. Remind horrible. me what Lolly? What's the whole deal with Lollipop Chainsaw though? Like, so it's James it's Gunn's involved. Well, did yeah. he write it? It's, it's a cheerleader it. who's a zombie hunter, and uh, her boyfriend. I think it's killed by zombies, so she saves him by cutting off his head and magically resurrecting it. So it's always like dangling from her hip, and and yeah, her it's, her dead boyfriend's it, yeah. head is talking to her and is like. You, her you mean companion. the conceit that they stole for the God of War game exactly. in twenty eighteen? Exactly. Yes, right. Kratos cutting off of his time. boyfriend's head and carrying it around <laughs> ahead of its time. Get it ahead of it, Mike. Yeah. Come on, yeah. the no, no, right I got there. what you were laying down. I thought it was funny. But James Gunn is, give me is, a is legitimate. React. Get it through your thick skull, James Chris. Why Get me? I, I like James Gunn. I liked him already. <laughs> I'm, ge- I'm making head jokes over Romeo here. Romeo and Juliet. He I'm like written, Al he Snow in the Scooby fucking Attitude movie era. At this point, uh, he had not written. He had not <laughs> been signed on to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. That would happen uh, three years, two years mm-hmm. later. Um, yeah, but I remember seeing him like, I'm like, I didn't know people were so, still spiking their hair like that. And he still is. Never gave it up. Good for him. <laughs> Never changed for James him. Gunn. Wearing his wallet with his his flame pattern bowling shirt. Who's that producer that always works with Ron Howard? That has oh the, Brian Glazer. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. That guy is like ninety with a full crown of brown hair 
spike to the heavens as if this lo- still looks cool. It's pathetic and it's in Arrested <laughs> Development. It's that, that like new season from you know almost ten years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, but but James Gunn rules. He's the best. Um, yeah, I really like that guy. He's a great social media follow, and I'm glad he was uncanceled because the people who canceled him are far worse. Oh, terrible far worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Bunch of far right trolls. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. anyway, so yeah, if you if you missed that game, which I apparently did the first time around, I'll, you can play it in twenty twenty three, uh, and that is all the news that's fit to play. Ooh. Wait, 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 wait! I got you, one. Can I have one? Oh, yes. If anyone, uh, so there's a new Valkyrie Profile game. It's not called Valkyrie Profile. It's called Valkyrie Elysium, uh, and they just announced the release date. Uh, there's there's two. There's a PS4 5 release date, which is uh, September 29th, mm-hmm. and then it's coming to Steam on November 11th. I think it looks great. They're they're sort of veering toward action. It used to be like pseudo turn based RPG, but now it's more of a character action uh, yeah. thing. But I think it looks really cool. Uh, but if that's not your fancy. They're also re-releasing the original game, the the specifically Lenith, the PSP Ooh. port, and that's coming to PS4 and 5 digitally. Uh, and if you there's like a digital deluxe version of the new game that if you pre-order, you get the uh, port of the original game. Mm. It's a pretty sweet deal, hmm. and uh, that's that's like high on my. Might, might want, have to pre-order that shit. Yeah. Sorry, Greg. I'm more of a Covenant of Plume man myself. <laughs> I, uh... Said no one ever, I thought. When <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they remaking Sulmeria? Uh, <laughs> Just anyway. played through that this year. It's, uh, yeah. it's long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is it good? It's Is that good. the one that it's Tolkien good. wrote, uh, you know, that went before the event? Oh, sorry, sorry. Sulmeria. Gotcha. Yeah, Not uh-huh. Sulmeria. That's, that's the one Tolkien wrote posthumously. <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's a little bit more of a conventional RPG than the first one was, and what I like, you know, I don't really like RPGs very much. So what, what was great about the first game is that you're on this time crunch. So instead of having to grind all the time, mm-hmm. you almost never even have time to grind if you wanted to. <laughs> so it's like it's a fairly concise, cool game. Do you know anything about this dev though, Greg? Because it's not, I mean, it's not Triace. It's- yeah, the, and that was. The the main it seems like the sentiment right now is kind of a mix, but that a lot of people were like, ah, this isn't quite it, especially because it's an action game now. Um, but the dev uh, switching like switching hands to a different dev was was sort of a flag for me. But I don't know they I, they did that Samurai Jack game a year or two ago that was supposedly pretty good, but I, like the main criticism I heard of that game was that it was too short. Uh, which probably won't be the case here, and I also just don't... I don't know. I like short games. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I haven't played I haven't played the Samurai Jack game or anything else they did, but uh, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic, but the trailers look cool to me. And it doesn't right. even look... For an action game, I don't think it looks like that much of a deviation from 2, at least. Because 2 is already a deviation from 1. Yeah. Covenant of the Plume was even more of a deviation and in, in, in kind of a boring direction. So this is like, this seems like a step, a, a step even further away from the RPG thing. But, uh, I don't know. I, is I this like square or is this an indie, indie it's, published deal? It's square Enix. Yeah. It was originally Valkyrie profile was Enix. 
I refuse to acknowledge Enix. I just call them Square, just so you know. Greg. I'm exclusively a Square Might as man. well be at this point. No, Squeenix. They're... It's Square or Squeenix to me. Yeah. What about Squenix? No, Squeenix. Hmm. Fine. It's funnier. It sounds funnier than Squenix. <laughs> That's Come on. true. That's true. <clears throat> All right. So let's move on to our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, what's your favorite game of the year so far? Um, Greg, do you have one? Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I think I've probably played only the this one game so far this year. Yeah, the game can't I, be from the '90s, Greg. You can't. Yeah, I'm always last year. No, I've played a couple games this year, but like, okay. I'm always way behind. Um, but the one, like, so I played Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, oh yeah, still, yeah, I'm yeah. Still in the middle that's of it. That's sitting but right I, there behind me. I got, I got to play that. I'm so into it. It's so, it seems it, like a U game. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, I mean, well, it's because it's just like hanging out in Tokyo yeah. and ghost busting, and it's like <laughs> it's interesting because they made a game that's like uh, not only set in one of the most like densely populated places on the planet, but it's also like teeming with nightmare creatures, and yet somehow like the the prevailing vibe of that game is just really chill. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like no people. It's like hanging out in Tokyo without the people, and every once in a while you bust a ghost. And there's like, <laughs> like I, I heard people talking about it like it was barely a, even a game, like it was basically a glorified walking simulator, which is just not even at all true. It's, it's totally a, it's a very gamey game. I feel like. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes it, you know, I do do the thing that I do in Yakuza games, where like I'll go into first person mode in those and. Just sort of like walk around slowly and take in all the details and just like yeah. pretend to be a tourist for a little while. And yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo is a great game for that. Like all, yeah. all these real life places like modeled very like with a, a, a ton of realistic like photorealistic detail. And you can yep. go into like apartments and stuff like that. And, and just like, yeah, there's there's like convenience stores you can walk into. And I, I love that. Like, yeah, the the guy who's like your ghost companion who's continually trying to take over your body is like I'm just gonna zone out for a while there's nothing more boring than waiting for someone else to shop and it's like that is true (laughs) of every multiplayer game (laughs) I think it yeah like it doesn't get enough credit for the the very specific tone that it's achieved because Mm -hmm. it's not I mean it is kind of in a similar vein to to Yakuza where sometimes it's it's very melodramatic um, and then other times it'll snap back to this sort of cartoonishness, you know, where all of a sudden you're boxing with a bear or like just, mm-hmm. you know, singing some goofy karaoke song. Yeah. Uh, and this, and this, you don't do either of those, but like, you know, you'll be encountering these creatures that are pretty spooky. You know, there, there's like the main, like sort of bread and butter enemy you fight is sort of, it sort of looks like Slenderman. And it's mm. creepy. You see this guy in the distance and he, he's like speed walking toward you. Uh, but then you'll like go on these side quests that are like goofy, like yokai missions, or like you'll go in like all the convenience stores are manned by like this big cat creature thing. Uh, there's a lot of humor in there, mm-hmm. so it's not like it's not really. I don't think you could sell it as a horror game, but it's got a spooky factor that sort of scratches that itch in kind of the same way that Ghostbusters did. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, like I said, it's a, it's a surprisingly chill and lighthearted I've game. I almost bought it like nine times and take my, there's a, 
I've already seen it on sale it's for on like sale. 20, 20 a, to 30 bucks. Huge, on, huge uh, PlayStation like, sale that I can't help but mention because like Scott Pilgrim is like less than $5. Uh, Hot Pursuit, wow, Need for Speed is like less than $5. And Deathloop is $23 marked down from 60 mm-hmm. Yeah, And, and I can't had some confirm that discounts. with Ghostwire, but I thought I saw it earlier today that it was at least a part of it was on sale. Uh I see it for thirty. Yeah, like every now price. and then. I think I saw it for even like twenty five or something on Green Man oh, for, Gaming for PC. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, sure, for PC, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or you could wait for it to come to Game Pass in a year for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do really like Ghostwire Tokyo quite a bit. Um, didn't didn't make it into our top five, but uh, a man riding a woman riding a motorbike says. Unlike most years, I was actually able to play a few games that qualify for this question of the week on account of being laid off in January. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Free time. More important than money. Horizon Forbidden West, while not as engaging as Zero Dawn, was still a mostly enjoyable experience, with the notable exception of the rubber band racing side quest. I'm excited to see what the new Nemesis has in store for the third game. Runner-up Rainbow Six Extraction was still a great game that I wish I could play more of. I just don't have regular free time to dedicate to it anymore, and I don't want to hold back It was one of the most fun Mm -hmm. multiplayer experiences I had with you guys. Yeah. We've done that like four times. What is wrong with us? We've done that like four times in the past Uh, several months. But like, I saw this, I saw Extraction made a ton of game of the year lists, and we had a great time with it. Wow. Great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, if you're if you're into uh, fighting mutants with your squad, no other game lets you great. pull your friend out of a tree while you're being attacked <laughs> by weird zombie it's like aliens. Charlie creatures. Brown's kite. Um, you guys can have that for the box, Mike. If you want to quote quote me, <laughs> yeah, on totally. That. Yeah. Alvander Cliff says, game. "My goat, my goatsy," which is how he wrote it, and not how I'm saying it. Uh, is Elden Ring hands down? It's the best. Uh, it's be, it's been the best community gaming experience of my life since everyone I know has had a different journey and has made different discoveries. Uh, by far, the best part has been playing side by side with my friends in her my friend in her living room on two monitors, tackling the same dungeons and bosses simultaneously and exchanging tips. And oh my god, did you see that? that, that did you see that? That's how we struggled together. Uh, never, never ever thought I could handle a Souls game, but bringing the discovery around every corner of a beautiful world element uh, from Breath of the Wild was all that I needed to hook me. Uh, I'm taking it slow and loving every second of it. Nice. I, I, I get jealous hearing all this praise for Elden Ring. Hey, Greg, have you heard of Elden Ring? Uh, I got a buddy who got a PS5, <laughs> and he's like, I'm just going to start over on Elden Ring because it was too hard to play on my old PC, and it's just like, I don't even... Yeah, dude, I got you. Like, I got you. Did, did you see that fucking um, news story? The uh, Let Me Solo Her guy was given a real sword. Yeah, they, they sent him a sword. By, uh, wow. uh, yeah, by From. Yeah, issued a real yeah. sword for being dope. That That's some shit that, like, Blizzard would do. You wouldn't expect, like, Bandai Namco to be uh, You wouldn't expect them to re- be reading the internet. Sorry, that's my perception of Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did love all the the uh, knockoffs, like uh, "Let Her Solo Me," mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy who just runs in and immediately gets killed. <laughs> Millennia, or uh, I think there was one that was just like "You're on your own," and he just stood in the background and watched. Yeah. Again, my least favorite part of Elden Rings is the troll community that, that oh, yeah. develops about everything. Mm-hmm. Trifinger, 
butthole. Connor Wade says, uh, for me, it was definitely Pokemon Legends Arceus. I was skeptical going in as a lifelong Pokemon fan, but this might be one of my favorite Pokemon games ever. Uh, Connor, just so you know, you, you misspelled favorite. You put a U in there. You're not supposed to hey, put a U Hey, the boy's from Australia. He doesn't know. He doesn't. I know he is. That's that's the joke. The new game. (laughs) Don't edit that out. Let me be a lesson to everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) The new game mechanics are a breath of fresh air, and I'm looking forward to seeing them implemented into Scarlet slash Violet. Violet? You're turning Violet. Violet? I understood that reference. Thank you. (laughs) Oh. Oh, goodness. Mike Miley, question of the week. My games of the ha- of the half year are number one, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, Who knew being an exploited spaceship salvager could be so fun? Never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know that one, but mm. I had the same experience with No Man's Sky. Okay, sure. Yeah, so I knew. I did know. I have number heard two, of this next one. <laughs> Vampire Survivor seems Great to be game. all in rage. Ooh. Great game. So it's such a simple, elegant, addictive game. What's the deal? Like, what, it seems like, uh, just at a glance, it looks like a lot of other stick shooters, but it's like are a nineteen nineties aesthetic um, twin stick shooter that automatically shoots. So it's all you're doing is just mm. avoiding the enemies on the screen, and, and it's very much like um, Geometry Wars. It scra- it scratches the same itch as Geometry Wars. Like, imagine if there was a Geometry Wars with like pixel art from the late nineties. That's what this game is. It's really cool. Gotcha. Number three, The Quarry. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. I like The Quarry. Number four, Weird West. I like this title, but I don't mm-hmm. remember what what's the... It's, it's on Game Pass. A, yeah, it's it's, a, it's an RPG uh, with multiple playable characters, and uh, yeah, it's neat. And number five, here it is for you, uh, Just under the wire, Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, oh nice. see, he can do this shit, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to see that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, at Pat Imbo says, Horizon Forbidden West. They didn't reinvent the wheel, but I appreciated the tweaks. I still love shooting robot dinosaurs with arrows, but what really got me was the storytelling. There was a point where I had tears in my eyes and needed a break to reflect. I adored it. So happy for Pat Imbo. That makes me realize like something I, I think about sometimes when I play the Horizon games. I'm like, it's the dumbest fucking video game premise it's like what how our parents would define video games oh a game where you fight robot dinosaurs but they elevate it to like this fine art level like it Mm -hmm. it should be the stoop it should be cadillacs and dinosaurs level you're you're a cave woman but it's in the future (laughs) after the extinction of humanity but it's such a serious game that it literally has pat imbo crying (laughs) <laughs> and um, um, Dewani Rockshaw says, did I say that right? I think uh, so. I've managed not to play a single game in your top five. Not sure if it would have made a difference uh, if I had, but my goatee is Sifu. Yep. Uh, it was my most yeah. anticipated game of the year, and it 100% delivered on its potential, uh, executing an excellent idea, which is 3D Kung Fu Belt Scroller to perfection. That is the one game that, like, fuck, I wish I would have played that. It just was... Man, I was so busy at the time. I cannot wait to play Sifu. I played it. I enjoyed it. What I didn't like about it was like it's bringing a fighting game uh, mentality to a belt scroller where it's like I have to memorize all these moves. 
and know what like the counters are for things and uh, it, it ultimately was just like this is a little too difficult for me. I think that after reading a bunch about it like I didn't buy it just because like this seems like something that could frustrate me more than will enthrall me hmm. uh, but it is something I've begged for <laughs> the final fight with Street Fighter aesthetics so I can't I, I, I have to play this at some point and I hope I play yeah, it in, it is in, in, it is really good and put it in the the goatee category uh, this year. It's just time and you know money. Mm. Yeah. All right. A new question of the week. With all this talk about Mode Seven and how cool it was in in the nineties, uh, what was the first time you remember a game really wowing you? Uh, like some something that you remember into adulthood. Um, mm. I guess for me, it, it's kind of weird now. And, like, having played this game since as an adult, it's like, wow, this is nowhere near as impressive as I'd imagined. But going into a department store and seeing a demo running of the Turbo C- TurboGrafx CD, which mm-hmm. I think was playing the just the attract mode from Ease Book 1 and 2. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, I was seeing these big... Like, you know, I was a kid who was, like, vaguely familiar with anime because of Robotech and Star Blazers and similar things I'd seen on TV. And here was this art style, which was really cool and which I didn't know what it was yet, like, on full screen with, like, a narrator talking about, like, the story of Ease and telling the story. And, and like, I remember I had tears in my eyes because, like, I did not think video games could look and sound this good. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have to get this. And, yeah, playing it years later, it's like, eh, yeah, kind of silly CD game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that one always stands out in my mind. I had a very similar experience. Like, I think it was in a Best Buy, like, walking up and, and when games first moved to CD. And it was just like the soundtrack, like, hearing a CD-quality soundtrack of, a like, on a shmup or something. Yeah, I was, that like, was Holy weird. shit. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh, similar in the same Best Buy, oddly enough, I remember like seeing Guitar Hero and like showing it off to my dad, rest in peace. And like he was wowed. He's like, "Whoa, you can do that with video games now!" So that was kind of special to me. But one of them, it's uh, so the a literal wow moment. I do remember the first time I played World of Warcraft. Wow, and wow. realized like I'm playing with actual other human beings, and the shit I do in this game is sort of affecting their game. That was a big moment to me. And I know other MMOs had been doing that, but that was my first like true MMO experience. And that to me felt like very groundbreaking. Like, wow, I'm, I am in the future that I'm playing this game with other human beings that uh, everything's happening in real time. Right. That's, that's a good example. Cause like uh, the super Nintendo came out and I'd seen first person shooters, but you have Wolfenstein on super Nintendo because of mode seven. That's like the mm-hmm. only way that game exists. Yeah, because it can do mode seven. Good point. Yeah, Doom Doom had Super FX, but Wolfenstein Mm -hmm. didn't. Neat. Uh, And I I think I said the Castlevania entry uh, there, but but I I, yeah, I wanted to give a tiny shout out to Dust and Elysium Tale. I oh shit, yeah, 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 we had been dying. I remember even like when Michael and I were talking about our buddy Shane from earlier, who had been on a really early podcast with us. Uh, that was the game we were most looking forward to because we wanted to play a playable cartoon, and it is this. What would you call it? Uh, oh my god, I forgot the. What's the Microsoft Metroidvania or or, or 
Ori in the Blind Forest. forest. But it's like a gameplay like that, but like super smooth 2D animation in a 3D game with Metroidvania qualities. And that's one of the last times I'm like, oh, my whole life will be different when this game comes out. It's everything I've ever wanted. And I, I, I still get like that, but I had to wait years for Dust. Years. And, um,. It finally came out, and I loved it. I loved it. What was the one that came out around the same time? Was it Banner Saga? That Banner channeled Saga almost like, like that boxy animation. Almost beautiful. In a genre, I, I would rather die than play. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gameplay wise, was not my deal, and it was super difficult. But like that fucking animation. Oh, I love watching. So good. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, we we used to go to the the PX a lot. My dad was. Uh, ex-military so we had like we go to the px and they had what is PX? everything was portland what is px it's like a, a store where it's it's like a big department store where everything is cheaper because you have a military discount uh-huh. and that on was military like, bases yeah on military bases so we'd like go there and do shopping like once a month and uh they had this one it was like the base had like a whole bunch of different Stores and one of them was an electronics store, and they would always have like the latest game consoles on display. And uh, bef- long before we had a Sega Genesis, um, I used to see Altered Beast on display <laughs> there, Hell and yeah, dude. that Hell game yeah. did exactly what it was supposed to do. It did what Nintendo don't, Greg. It yeah, did what Nintendo don't. don't, especially if like for an NES, like we still had the NES, and. It, it it was just mind blowing the giant sprites yes. and the there was like like when you transform <laughs> and you get that like what do you call it like the splash screen and them transforming yeah. and oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super cool oh, oh, the digitized voices yeah it's all it's all hilarious now and that game's not very good but <laughs> game's totally fine it's and that that game it's was totally arcade fun. quality like the, yeah. exactly what Genesis was promising at the time and I I, I Greg I on that note I remember. When you're a poor kid and you can't buy your own fucking console and games and you're dependent on, on like having to convince your parents for everything, there was no way I was going to have a Genesis. And then like the Nintendo yeah. uh, uh, one magazine shows off the game Amagon, where you go from <laughs> a muscular guy into a beast. It's like, I don't even need a Genesis. Amagon. <laughs> It's going to eliminate my need for Genesis. I did the same thing with Bubsy. Like, I don't... Were you Huel Hauser as a kid? <laughs> I don't even need Sonic the Hedgehog. There's this bobcat who's twice as fast. <laughs> like He collects balls of yarn. Lying to yourself and then getting so interested in a game that will justify you not having money. I remember being there, and I still see people doing that shit with consoles. Like, uh, I'm sticking with Xbox. I don't care about God of War. I'm like, bad attitude. Like, it's a good game. Yeah. You don't have to like. <laughs> you don't have to think of a comparable comparison for why you don't have the money for this. You just don't. And I don't then, and I don't really now uh, have justifiable money for that. I have in my life before, but like, you make those decisions. And Amagon was my. I don't have to buy a Genesis excuse. And I was wrong. <laughs> and I bought a I Genesis. Never heard of this. Uh, look up Amagon. It's hilarious. It, like the, the box art the alone you can see is based on uh, Alder Beast. You know what finally won Chris over on the Genesis? Timeless sort of baseball. Top, well, too. That, <laughs> nothing like seeing <laughs> that cover. Yeah. Who could resist that cover? <laughs> 
can turn from a skinny guy into a Tommy Lasorda. All I needed to see <laughs> was a dumb painted grease ball with a Sega head on going. <laughs> it's the worst cover of all time. <laughs> that man was a Los Angeles Dodger captain, sir. I know. My, my my dad knew him somehow, so he loved Tommy Lasorda, and that Shut helped him. Up, get me. Really? I'm not kidding. It helped. I forget how he met him, but like it helped. Came around to the house every Christmas. No, no, nothing like that. But like, you know, back in the day before Twitter, like if you met a celebrity and they were cool, you'd just be the biggest fan of them for the rest of your life. You'd tell that story for the yeah. rest of your life. And my dad oh, yeah, would always tell the story about meeting Tommy Lasorda once. And I told him, Tommy Lasorda has a baseball game in the Genesis. I'm like, you don't have that system? Mm. Uh, $10. I'll give you $10 <laughs> to buy that system. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. It's for nothing, Tommy Lasorda's good people. I'll go buy some big league chew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Play some Mortal Kombat at the local 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what was the first time you remember a game really wowing you? Let us know. Go to VidigameApocalypse.com, answer into the comments for episode 479. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Greg, we, we briefly plugged your stuff uh, when you disappeared during the top five. Oh, thank but you. Lacquer this, Once again, lacquer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, Lacquerware on Twitch. I stream Monday through Thursdays, 8 to 11 Eastern, sometimes weekends when I feel like it. And uh, let's see, Lacquer Leaks on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also translate Sega Saturn games for fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, we, we released a, a full... English localization of the game Bulk Slash last December. Uh, And I've been chipping away at my next project and I'm hoping to finally announce it to the world probably around the end of this month. Man, man, speaking of of beautiful sprites meeting 3D elements, Bulk Slash. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the. That's the. I mean, there's a lot of great uh, examples on the Saturn in particular because they had those dual processors, but um and and, yeah, and limitations. <laughs> hey, Greg, right. what was your TikTok channel? Is that Lacquer in the front? <laughs> I haven't. See I haven't uh, talked myself. I haven't Lacquer in the front. No, 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 none of us. Here. None of us are on TikTok. Come on. Yeah, I am on TikTok, shit. but but they keep Shut up. TikTok keeps forgetting. So I'm, I, 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 like three accounts. You know, I can't stress this enough. I, I will not download another app ever. Mm. I'm so no, tired isn't that one literally apps. the government asked Apple to take it down that's because what, it's a that's spy when I got it again <laughs> because it's so <laughs> Russian uh, owned. Yeah, enough. and you say that, Greg. But if you eat at Taco Bell enough, you're gonna want that fucking app. I don't think we even have a Taco Bell in this county. Oh, Jesus. What? <laughs> where, where, where do you live? Nazi Germany. circa 1942 where else will you get your authentic mexican cuisine greg you know we haven't figured that out yet it's kind of it's kind of a drag yeah uh mrs greg is a great cook so i don't think greg is i don't think one goes to new york craving authentic southwestern mexican cuisine i mean you could probably get it that's that's a separate podcast but Dude, fucking Maddie Allen got me on the goddamn apps for fast food shit, and it fucking—I <laughs> hate I'm it sorry, so man. much. Because 
<laughs> you save so much dough if you're gonna eat like shit. You, you gotta get. Hey, the would apps. you like a, a family of four amount of food for two and a half dollars? Uh, we're doing it today only. And like, well, I can't turn this down. They're putting two Big Macs inside of a Big Mac. I have to go get it. They, they hit me up with messages like, "Hey, man, I've got a flash sale on breakfast burritos." Yes. Like, God damn yes. it, Taco Bell! You know I'm unprepared, hungover, and hungry. How dare you? <laughs> oh. Yeah, we don't have everything out here, but we do have a Dunkin' Donuts like every block. So, mm. ah. my favorite memory us. of Dunkin' Donuts, my uh, ex was addicted to that shit, and I'm like, I, I have, I like making my own coffee. Uh, got a good coffee maker. Yes. Just get me yep. a sandwich. And every time she'd get me a sandwich, it was pretty clear that like Dunkin' Donuts took a sandwich out of shrink wrap, warmed it up in the microwave for twenty seconds, and sent it to me because like it was really hard to bite through as a human being. And we had a, we had a dog that would just steal shit off your plate if you'd leave the room. He was the nicest dog ever, and I I hated Dunkin' Donuts. And then she'd I'd give her some money, she'd order it, and like my sandwich did. Where did my sandwich go? And like she was outside, and like I'm just not going to question it. At fucking like one in the morning, the dog walks out, revealing that he took my sandwich and took it underneath the bed. And walks out. The, the dog is seven pounds and comes out with a full Dunkin' Donuts sandwich that he can't bite through in his mouth. Like looking at me, like, please help, please help me bite through the sandwich. Please help. I can't do anything with this. And it's like the it's both the cutest and scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, what kind of sandwiches were these? I've got uh, no. If you get the bread, but like the ones with the I'm doing air quotes here. Bread. Uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Like, I mean, that's that's the secret. Some of these places, Panera, they don't make the sandwiches there. They warm up the sandwiches. Those are all pre-made and frozen once they get there. And Dunkin' Donuts is mostly the same. Quick, uh, shitty food tangent. Please. You're talking about Dunkin' Donuts, Michael. Did you ever go to the place? I think it's gone. It's near Ubisoft. It was across from the ballpark. That it was a donut place that also served lunch food, but they had a burger where the bun was just a donut oh, the that they cut in half and I, used that. I think I might have gone there, but not eaten that. Have you had donuts. the Luther? Me personally, This no. is what killed Luther Vandross. He, he invented it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole episode of the Boondocks yes, about this. And, and like, ah. that shit is the most delicious thing I've ever had. I don't like bacon at all. But if you, if right. you sandwich it between a burger and a donut, like, I'm putty. I'm putty. It's the weight of my heart. If anybody yeah. was trying to date me, like make a sandwich out of a donut, and they're not, and I probably won't get one. Before you say it's weird, listeners, if you've eaten a McGriddle, yes. you've basically eaten this shit. Yeah. So again, these are more right. fast food facts. The McGriddle is the most unhealthy thing on the McDonald's menu. If you if you go to McDonald's <laughs> and don't eat a, a McGriddle, that's the only thing I eat at, at McDonald's. Yeah, it's the worst. Really? It's the most fattening thing that they have. I I go maybe like once or twice a year, yeah. but that's the only thing I go. I go there once for. or twice a year if years were weeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, the app, it's the app. The you app know, you gotta go. You gotta earn terrible. those points. It like it like I can just I can eat for three days off of two bucks. It sucks. Ugh, Matt. It's Matt wild. It's Jersey wild. Mike's dollar fries, None of that dollar shit. large fries promotion. I want, I want that down. kind of God treatment from Jersey Mike's app. God damn it! Yeah. And we're available for we, we, will, we will turn ourselves into Jersey Mike's presents video game apocalypse for for a very <laughs> little. Right, don't you live the closest to Jersey of all of us, and you miss Jersey Mike's? Like, well, wait, the, you know. The thing is, you know, I haven't seen one around because in the city you could get anything, but we moved upstate, so now I, 
there's it's always a toss up. But we also gave up meat, so Jersey's Jersey Mike's wouldn't even be fun anymore if we went. That's true. What are you gonna get? Lettuce yeah, sandwich. That's true. Like a and hummus I still sandwich. Eat vegan several times a week, yeah, so I'm not. I, I yeah. Really? And I only cook without meat. Yeah, yeah. But I also haven't I'm cooked so in a year. <laughs> Microwave thing. Right, let's let's uh, wrap this shit show yeah. up, Michael. Yeah. All yeah, right. So, um, what? Anything else we got to actually plug? No. Patreon.com/slash Lasertime. We're talking Bell. about the thing this yeah. week with uh, uh, the Talking Terrific Television guys. I think one of the most uh, fucked over movies of all time. The thing. The '80s thing, not yes. not the old one. And we right? talk about the, the. It's it's a remake, but the original version is shitty and awful, and you should never watch it. But the remake, I mean, I've it's, seen it. It's like fifty sci-fi. It is. I've seen it. It's very fifty sci-fi. Yeah, just like uh, I'm an alien in a mylar suit with a big forehead. Yeah, I'm just a guy, but I, I'm probably communist or something. So you better yeah. kill me. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing about it, Matt, by the way, because I know you haven't listened to the episode, uh, it has uncredited, who's in a ton of the movie, uh, Paul Frees, the voice of the haunted mansion. Love it. Uh, he's in the original movie. All I've I've seen one other thing of that voice coming out of that mouth. Voice of many attractions. I I want to say Paul Freeze is the voice, the old voice of the train station announcements. He's yeah, definitely he was, a voice of he was many the, pirates. The poor the man's team. Orson Welles. He's the yeah, voiceover of Planet of the Apes two. He's the voiceover. In, he's Lu, Lu, Ludwig von Drake. He's Boris Badenoff in in, in Rocky and Bullwinkle, uh, and. The, the the Disney uh, TV science stuff that's now on Disney Plus, it's some of the best shit you can Mars and Beyond. Yeah. Search that yeah, on yeah, Disney yeah. Plus. It's great. Great. One of the best things you'll ever see. Love it. Sorry. Michael. So, so Disney Plus, we just plug Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of waiting for people to sponsor us because they won't. Patreon.com slash laser time. Listen to their show about the thing, the Marvel Comics character. No! Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll talk about the thing all day. Ben yeah. Grimm is the shit. Mm. Thing ring, do your thing. <laughs> yes, that's the canonical version. It is. I know too much yes. about Ben Grimm. Yes. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, as always, you can visit us at VigiGameApocalypse.com or on Twitter at VGApocalypse and follow me personally at Wikiparas, that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z on Twitter. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Dude, we're too old to enjoy Japan. Are we? Not, maybe not Greg. Hmm. Yes. <laughs>